guys, this is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as the Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as the girl who just kicked your butt. And this is a whole reffin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag your listeners all, welcome to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. Darren Beasley, welcome back to the whole and show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Uh, it's good to see you again. I've not seen you in a week or so. It's good to see you too, Perry, here on the whole and show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It's... It's uh, welcome back to you as well. I haven't seen you in about uh, a week or so. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we get we get a little busy these days, right? In our in our our real lives, our shoot lives, as wrestlers like to say. Well, you know the the funny thing is that that is very true. And then even if that uh, with with that being true, I, I think what makes it even more difficult these days is the the reality that we we are a bi coastal. Podcast, and I don't mean simply that we broadcast from coast to coast. We uh, broadcast from coast and coast. Sure, no, absolutely. So, <laughs> um, you know, we 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 got busy even when we lived in the same zip code. But it's uh, the ability to to snatch one another up when you live close by is far easier than when you live 3,000 miles away from one another. Right, right. I'm sure all of our hashtag your listeners understand that life does indeed happen. Uh, and I'm so very busy, you are so very busy, but damn it, it is WrestleMania time. So we got our asses into our, our separate studios on different sides of this continent. There's this great old land of ours, and we're going to talk all about WrestleMania. In fact, all of our headlines involve WrestleMania goings-ons for the most part. Uh, we got some more Hall of Fame inductions for that class of 2019. We're going to talk about them. And we're going to talk about a, uh, a controversial segment from HBO's Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I know a lot of yeah. people reached out to you about the segment. People reached out to me, which is rare. Because our, our fans slash friends who listen to the show never reach out to me to mention anything about what they heard, what they liked or disliked about our episodes. But even I heard about this one. Well, I think it's because I, I, who knew everyone in the United uh, everyone in the United States must watch last week tonight with John Oliver because I've never seen such an immediate uh, outpouring of like anti wrestling or anti-WWE or anti-Vince McMahon uh, sentiment all at once, all so fast. I mean, I know it's the age of access. It's social media. It's YouTube. It's Twitter, blah, blah, blah. But the people, like, it's one thing when I get, like, text messages from our close real-life friends. It's another thing when I get, like, Instagram DMs from people I don't know. And then what's even weirder is getting messages from people I do know in real life, but who have never watched wrestling ever, ever, ever. And they're like, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, 
I did. How did you? I, <laughs> I didn't have to watch the segments. I uh, pieced it together for myself after years of watching wrestling. Yes. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I could have produced this segment. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. I was like, matter, as a matter of fact, we've talked, and, and actually I said this to several people, um, li- people who listen to the show, and I think probably some people who don't listen to the show, to our show, um, shame on them for that. Uh, I responded to a lot of different people by saying, we talk about this on the show, not every week, but from time to time, this is a topic because it is a reality, and it has always been a reality. So I find it weird. I mean, obviously, John Oliver was doing this because of the timing, but I find it a little weird that he decides to become a whistleblower on this topic um, in 2019. Now, if he's going to do it in 2019, when better than the week before WrestleMania? But to me, it's weird that he's even doing it in 2019. I mean, this type of whistleblowing in wrestling, we haven't seen since Bill Alfonso. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, uh, oh, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Anyway, Very... we'll talk about it more in a minute. But I just, I'm already, already got the 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 engines revved because of John Oliver. Sure, sure. No, I uh, it, it, again, like uh, you heard from a lot of people. I heard from a person or two about it. Uh, I'm starting to think because, because again, I I never hear from anyone, and and you you get a lot of feedback from our show from a lot of people. Uh, people that we know, uh, some hashtag dear listeners who like to hit you up on Instagram. I'm starting to think that uh, I'm unapproachable. I'm starting to feel that way. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to think that maybe people don't like the sound of my voice. Um, no, no. Like, like, who am I, Seth Rollins? <laughs> uh, thank you. I uh, I can't stand that guy's voice. <laughs> Well, the Seth Rollins marks will definitely uh, keep avoiding me now. Um, so yeah, a lot of that news. We're going to cover that, of course. We got to cover all the goings on this weekend. We got to talk about NXT Takeover New York. This card looks great. That main event, though. That main event, though, Darren. Hashtag that main event, though. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Oh, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to talk about everything all at once. Which, All right, ready and go. And the Hall of Fame. Okay, you did, you did better than I did. I, did. I made noise. I talked about nothing all at once. Um, so TakeOver, of course, going on this weekend. On Friday, folks, don't try to tune in on Saturday because you'll miss it. It's going to happen on Friday. Um, so keep that in mind. Also, of course, the granddaddy of them all, Darren. It is time once again for WrestleMania. WrestleMania 35 going down this weekend. And again, it's crazy. It snuck up on us. It snuck up on us. Well, you know, I said this to you off the air. I'm going to say it again. Having attended the last three WrestleManias, I got so amped up (laughs) starting like the night of the Royal Rumble. And I did not come down from the clouds until like, several weeks after WrestleMania over the last three years. This year, choosing not to go and not to subject myself to the uh, insanity of getting around New York City, uh, as well as the absolute uh, increased expenses across the board, it 
really allowed WrestleMania to sneak up on me without anticipating my every move, travel plans, friend plans, other logistics and stuff. W without any of that to be concerned with, um, I just sort of let it happen, which, you know, <laughs> like, uh, which is how you should always be. Instead, for some reason, I tend to like uh, glom on to WrestleMania as if I'm a part of it. Um, but not doing that this year, it really did sneak up. Like, I can't believe that it's it's here. It's this weekend. No, and I'm, I'm sure you are very uh, regretful, uh, a little downtrodden, maybe that you will not be attending this WrestleMania. You had quite a streak going. I was uh, very, very impressed. Yeah. yeah. You're no Undertaker, I, I will say. Uh, or maybe you are. This is the one loss. And then you go on, you keep showing up, and your matches mean nothing from here on out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're, you're no Vladimir. And all you, uh, all, you, all you real WrestleMania fans, you know who Vladimir is. He may be the there ultimate uh, wrestling fan. Um, so that's that. Uh, we got a whole lot to talk about, folks. But of course, we can't start talking about WrestleMania and TakeOver until we tackle them. Headlines. Well, we say headlines, folks, but really all the news does revolve around WrestleMania. Again, it is WrestleMania time, as you well know, and we've already mentioned several times on the show as well. Uh, so this won't be a proper headlines. Uh, now, for the, the WrestleMania news, typically, lately, when it comes you know to WrestleMania time, uh, we like to actually call the segment something else. You see, I call the segment... The WrestleMania Roundup. Meanwhile, I give it the name that I think it properly deserves. You know, it's the road to WrestleMania. They threw in that fast lane pay-per-view. It's very driver-oriented, and therefore I always thought it would be a much better name to call the treatment of WrestleMania-exclusive news in a special segment, the WrestleMania Drive-By. Right, and I can see where you think this might be a, a good idea, Darren. And I, I, I get it. It's cute, little tires they squeal. But I mean, oh man, all this, all this, all this news, all this goings ons, all this happenings for WrestleMania. You gotta throw a big old lasso over it. You gotta bring it to you. You gotta hog tie it. For that WrestleMania roundup. And that's fair. And that is fair. And I understand why we we can't always agree on everything because that would that would imply that uh, that this was scripted or that this was uh, passive. But no, when you're the only wrestling podcast, the only one. That calls it right down the middle. Sometimes there are going to be discrepancies. Sometimes there are going to be disagreements. Sometimes you will fail to see it the right way, which is that it should definitely be called the WrestleMania Drive By. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you see the conundrum here. You see the issues we're having with yes, the name. Yes, yes. But, yes. but, you'll be happy to know that we finally put this to bed, okay? No more I'm... bickering about the name, okay? Wait, wait, it's not going to be the roundup. 
It's not going to be the drive-by. Instead, Darren and I came to an agreement, a mutual understanding, and we have the perfect name for the segment. All right. Because we are the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, and we're fair, and we're fair to one another, and we're brotherly, uh, and, and we absolutely care about one another's feelings. Compromise is, is a real thing. It's a real powerful thing. So we have to we have to acknowledge that we have hereby come to the compromise that at least for now, at least for this segment, this week, is this the last one for the year? Sure. So it's time for a compromise, and we have decided to compromise and call this segment the WrestleMania Drive-Up. <laughs> Okay, hold on, Darren. Hold on. We what? we talked about this for hours before we recorded today's show. Oh, I know. I was there. Okay, good. Uh, I was there as well, and I, I could have sworn, I could have sworn that we did come to a mutual understanding, and it was that the name of the segment was going to be the WrestleMania Round by... <laughs> Well, um, if we were stupid, we might have <laughs> agreed to that. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I'm not terribly thrilled <laughs> giving up on, on my segment's original name. Uh, but at least, at least the compromise that I stated makes sense. At least the drive up. <laughs> Sounds like a real thing. <laughs> you mean, well, for someone who enjoys driving so much, you've never encountered a round by? No, I no, I have not. I don't even know what that would be. Well, I mean, it, it, just because you're not the uh, autophile, uh, an automobile aficionado, much like myself, uh, you don't drive around very much. Uh, I understand why you maybe have never. In your life, uh, I think a lot of our hashtag dear listeners uh, really exercised that 15 second skip button just now. Um, so let's get right into the WrestleMania news, folks. The Hall of Fame class of 2019. We have some more inductees. Two mentions here for that Hall of Fame, Darren. So we're we're gonna go not once but twice. Let's go to the Huff. Let's go to the Huff. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Hart Foundation. The Hart Foundation is going into that WWE Huff class of 2019. And by Hart Foundation, I mean two of the Hart Foundation. Of course, you if you watched wrestling in the later years, the Attitude Era-ish years, uh, you may recall the Hart Foundation was actually quite large. Uh, we're talking about the original Hart Foundation, the tag team of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Uh, then again, though, we're not talking about the complete original Heart Foundation. Right. Because it, so it seems they are not going to be inducting the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, as part of this induction. It is simply a two-man induction, Brett Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Um, and I'm very dissatisfied with this being this way. 
not as dissatisfied as I would be if Jimmy Hart were not already in the WWE Hall of Fame, which he is. Um, and so that kind of makes it a little bit better if they if they were going to overlook him and uh, him not already be there, that would be a serious, serious oversight. But I'm already starting to believe that who's going to come up there and accept this induction? Just Brett? I don't think Brett in 2019 uh, is really that uh, prepared to, to, to public speak in that fashion. And that if it were Brett and Jimmy Hart, I think that would be a much better presentation. Or there's the matter of, of if you put in the entire Hart Foundation, you put in the name. You know, that way you can commemorate Brian Pillman, Owen Hart, and British Bulldog, none of whom are in the WWE Hall of Fame. Right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, I was actually surprised there wasn't a big stink about like, whoa, whoa, just Brett and Anvil going in and not like everyone else, especially because like you said, they're not in the uh, Hall of Fame right now, especially what considering like, oh, DX is going in, oh, but not these other, these, these tertiary members of DX aren't going in or like, oh, Sister Sherry's not going with Harlem Heat, but like, it was like, oh, Bret Hart and Anvil. Okay, perfect. Just those two. Like, like, no one said anything. You know, what do you think about it, though? I mean, the tag team of the Hart Foundation, being Bret Hart and uh, uh, Jim Neidhart, like, they're they're older than Methuselah. You know, those two, that Hart Foundation. They were, were tagging forever to where, like, if you were watching wrestling, like, you know, in the, in the mid to late 80s, and then you tuned in in, like, 95, you'd be like, that tag team wrestler became the champion? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, whoa, what's going on? What's happening here? So I, I, I get that. But the Heart Foundation were around for a long time. They were. I just, I guess my point is, I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, that the legacy of that five-man Heart Foundation could match up to the years of tag team dominance that Brett and Anvil experienced that made the Heart Foundation a name that was worthy of that five-man group later. I'm just saying they proved to us that out of fear for inducting China independently as a singles competitor, being a spotlight put on her um, so that everybody goes and Googles her and finds about finds out about her porn uh, movies. Uh, which, which by the way, Hogan basically made a porn movie too, and no one uh, is poo-pooing on him. A lot of people in that Hall of Fame have done a lot of terrible things. Oh, sure, sure. And and just, just fair is fair. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to put Hogan down or China down. Uh, I'm just trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm quite the opposite. I'm trying to say exactly what you said. Everyone has done bad things. No, for sure. But if clearly, it's very clear that that's what they're doing with China and with the DX induction. To me, uh, people like, okay, at least Owen Hart deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame already. He deserved to be in there a long, long time ago. I all, I will always go back to this, and people who listen to the show from day one and people who know me in real life are probably sick of hearing this because I always go back to two inductions that I think were, too, were far too premature, and they are Eddie Guerrero because he died and Edge because he retired. If you're going to put Eddie Guerrero and Edge into the WWE Hall of Fame – 
and you're going to do it when you did it, you got to have Owen Hart in there at least 10 years ago, if not 15 years ago. And to me, this, it sounds like they're never going to. So this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to slide Owen Hart in there. And while you're at it, if you're not going to put Owen, you're damn sure not going to put Pillman or Bulldog in there. So what do you do? You slide in Owen and Bulldog and Pillman here and now and have, and have it done with. They have Hall of Fame careers. They're recognized because otherwise you're not going to put Owen in. And now that both Dynamite and Bulldog are dead, they're not going to induct they're not going to posthumously induct a tag team. So Davey Boy is out unless he gets put in with a part of with this part of the Hart Foundation. Now that being said, only putting in Brett and Anvil, it's done. Those dudes are no, those other dudes are never going in the Hall of Fame and that's sad. Sure, sure. Uh, well, with with Anvil, I mean, when I heard the announcement, or rather read the announcement, I should say, I didn't hear the announcement. Uh, when I read the announcement, I was like, why the, oh, was I, I all of a sudden remembered, oh, that's right, Anvil Nightheart recently passed away. So this kind of makes sense, the timing of Anvil going in. Bret Hart is already in there, so him going in again is like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Um, well, this is a, this is a way... Again, this is a way to honor Natalia, not to mention the fact that Anvil had been appearing on, I think, every single season of Total Divas. So, like, you know, I don't know that he he wasn't signed to a con. I don't know how that works. I don't know how background people get or if background people get paid on, on uh, uh, reality shows. But, like, I feel like. Anvil probably got some cash from WWE for all those Total Divas appearances. And if so, he was in a way a WWE employee right up until the time that he died. Uh, not to mention the fact that Natalia, his daughter, has been a uh, an employee now for a decade or more. So I understand that that's why you put Anvil in, and I agree with putting Anvil in. But I would have either put Anvil in by himself or... I put the five-man version of the Hart Foundation in. Sure. I mean, it, it, it seemed kind of weird that, like, Harlem Heat's going in. Now the Hart Foundation tag team's going in. So it's like, ooh, two tag teams. Or would it be even worse if it's, oh, DX is going in, and the entire Hart Foundation, ooh, two factions are going in. So either way, it would have been kind of like, oh, them and them? Um, I mean, again, because of, I think because of Anvil's passing on, this is why the timing of it exists. You keep mentioning Owen Hart, but, you know, for those who don't recall, let me refresh your memory. Vince McMahon was directly slash indirectly responsible for Owen Hart's death. It happened on camera. Um, so you don't mention Owen Hart's name anywhere, especially not to Vince McMahon. Um, so Owen Hart going in, that's a tough one. But, uh... I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you, you owe it to him. Sure, sure. You Owen Hart to him. No, obviously Owen Hart, stellar wrestler, awesome career, one of the greats. No doubt about that. And I hate that like he's never mentioned, so he's basically forgotten. You know what I mean? I I, I can't stand that. It, it's not like Benoit, 
where you don't mention Chris Benoit, we don't, you know, show his highlights and we talk about past champions. He's not in that footage. He's not in the B-roll anywhere because you don't mention Benoit because of how he died. Owen Hart didn't do anything wrong. He did nothing wrong and he died working for the company that he loved and he is never mentioned. That is some bullshit. That is that that, that, that that is some Vince McMahon going like, oh no, if I don't mention it, it didn't happen. You know what I mean? And that is some bullshit. You're 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 saying exactly what I'm thinking. What I'm what I'm what I'm trying to point out here. I got myself stuttering. I'm so upset about it. But that's the that's my whole point about this is you owe it to Owen Hart more than anyone. I mean, first of all, the action of his death could be construed as criminal and it is truly maddening and disappointing um, and frustrating that they don't recognize what was already a hall of fame career and what would have totally been maybe one of the great careers of all time uh, had he been able to continue wrestling. Sure. No, we're talking about a guy who died on the job. And I've never, I've never heard of any other job that would just go like, oh, you don't exist <laughs> anymore. That didn't happen. Um, so, and that this, this will tie into what we're talking about later with the whole John Oliver segment um, on last week tonight. But before we get there, before we get there, we got to talk about someone else going in, Darren. <laughs> this one's a bit happier, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Brutus and Barber Beefcake going yeah. into that Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think you and I uh, see eye to eye when it comes to Brother Brutai, uh, which is um, basically like, okay, I get it. I mean, he was around for a long time. We all had his Hasbro action figure. It came with the shears, and that was neat. Uh, he's no one's favorite wrestler. Uh, I, I think we said such nice things about uh, someone else going into the Hall of Fame. I can't think about who it was, but we based a hockey talk man. We said he's no one's favorite wrestler, but I get it, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with Brutus Beefcake. He's no one's favorite wrestler, but he was a he was a neat Hasbro toy to own. Well, he was uh, such a big part of the era that you think of. Or that at least our generation thinks of the golden when age. we think about who goes in to the Hall of Fame. Well, let's see who's in the Hall of Fame: Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik, Andre the Giant, sure. Roddy Piper, uh, Bob Orton. Okay, well then who else should go in? Right. Um, let's see: Brutus Beefcake, Ultimate Warrior, Honky Tonk Man. It it just it makes sense. Sure. Um, sure. So, <laughs> did he have a Hall of Fame? Did he have a Hall of Fame worthy career? He had a pretty long I, Intercontinental Championship run. I, I I will give him that. It was absurd, but in the world of wrestling, it worked. So I will well, give him that. Well, he has a lengthy resume. Okay, we're talking about Honky um, Tonk Man, which we've already done, by the way. <laughs> The topic what? is, we've already talked about the Honky Tonk Man when they announced him a month ago. We're talking about Brutus here. Don't get too off topic now. No, I'm not talking about Honky Tonk Man. Oh, uh, wow. I, I just, I think I just uh, stationed them together because I, <laughs> I feel the same way about both of them, which is like, 
your 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 you colorful station, you station them. Well, you, you, <laughs> three people get that joke. Um, no, like I mean, they're your 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 great characters, and you really worked well when wrestling was all about great characters, but you didn't know uh, a drop toe hold from a uh, hurricane rana well, that, that probably not that's that's easy well, to say. Th- okay well here's the here's the deal about brutus beefcake brutus beefcake uh, uh, the most criticism he has always had levied upon him by anyone and everyone was that he was a and these are not my words because <laughs> this is going to sound really bad is that he was a hulk hogan dingleberry and <laughs> Bret Hart. Bret, Bret Hart says uh, something a bit nicer about him. He referred to in his book. He refers to Brutus Beefcake as Hulk Hogan's manservant, and he's not wrong. He's not that wrong. Has long that was that was long, uh, very long. The perception of what uh, Brutus represented uh, to the world, or what he presented to the world of wrestling, was simply. He was an underling. He was a you know a footman for for Hulk Hogan, and uh, you know Ed Leslie, the man behind all the gimmicks. Uh, Ed Leslie was that. He was a friend of of Hulk Hogan's. Uh, he was a workout partner of Hulk Hogan's, and on screen and off, he represented um, a big part of who Hulk Hogan was. Um, never more was that more evident than in his WCW tenure, when he ranged from everything as Brutus the Butcher uh, to the man with no name, to the Zodiac, to the Booty Man, to the Disciple. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I, I want to know, like, why aren't we inducting the Booty Man into the WWE Hall of Fame? Darren, I think you answered your own question just now. Perry, um, Perry. The Booty Man. <laughs> the Booty Man. It was a different time in the early to mid-90s, Darren. Um, I, I will say that... The Booty uh, Man! I, I will say that uh, Beefcake and Hogan had kind of a... Uh, kind of a uh, Joe Piscopo, Eddie Murphy uh, dynamic, where uh, Piscopo knew that Eddie Murphy was going to be a star, so he went, hey, best friend... You know what I mean? And kind of like interjected himself into the the shooting star uh, that was uh, Eddie Murphy or Hulk Hogan uh, in this case. Um, so there, there is that. But again, he, he like like I said of Honky Tonk Man, uh, not known for his wrestling, but hey man, he, he's been there. He was there. Uh, you can go back and watch a lot of old wrestling, quote unquote, the good old days. He's there. He's part of it. He's doing his job. And uh, that's a guy who never complained about he's never. Doing, he's doing the job. He's, he's doing the job, mostly. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, but that's a guy who never complained, as far as I know, about not being champion. Because uh, I don't think he held any belts. I, I mean, I'm sure he maybe had like a tag team run somewhere. Um, I think he was a tag team champion. Okay, yeah. yeah, because I don't think he really held any major, major titles, solo titles. But uh, anyway, uh, Bruce Bar Beefcake going in. Uh, you should have been Bam Bam Bigelow going in. I'm going to say that right now. Um, but uh, I'll take Brutus. But uh, Bam Bam had better be coming very, very soon. So, uh, so you know. no, uh, no celebrity entry. Uh, not that I'm aware of at this point. There may have been. It no. may have slipped through the cracks. No, there. I mean, Heart Foundation, Harlem Heat, 
Brutus Beefcake, DX, Tori Wilson, Honky Tonk Man, um, and then uh, Sue Atchison, who's receiving the Warrior Award. She uh, she was a longtime WWE executive uh, that was in charge of a lot of their, um, uh, I guess, charitable uh, functions, uh, the charitable functions of the WWE. And uh, so she's receiving the Warrior Award, but that's not the same thing as the Celebrity Wing well, Award. Well, well, Honky Tonk Man fits both criteria, Darren, wrestler and celebrity. Uh, My God. Okay, well. Uh, <laughs> you see, that, 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 Lauper, that, that hashtag Cindy Lauper. Okay, fair enough. But I'm saying, that, you know, make Honky Tonk Man the celebrity and the wrestler. It's one less ring you got to make. Uh, so I see what they're doing there. They're cutting corners. Uh, so that's it. As far as I know, that is your full class of 2019 going into this weekend. It's kind of late to bring anyone else aboard at this point. Maybe one day Bam Bam, maybe one day Cindy Lauper. But uh, for now, uh, this is your class of 2019. Man, 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 man. Macho Man? Uh, no. A little pomp and circumstance there. So that is that. Uh, we're going to watch the Hall of Fame induction this weekend. WrestleMania weekend. I believe it's going to be on Saturday. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, that's how it used to be when uh, they first introduced TakeOver as part of WrestleMania weekend. They had TakeOver on Friday and Hall of Fame on Saturday. But that switched up a couple years ago. And as a result, uh, they've switched it back. Wow. I don't know if it's as a result of it, but they have switched it back this year. So that's interesting. I don't know what the – I really – I'd like to know why that decision was made. I couldn't say, but I can say that both Bruce Beefcake and the Heart Foundation will be on hand at WrestleMania this weekend, Darren. But you know someone else who might be there? Comedian John Oliver, who was invited to WrestleMania this weekend. Why? After a controversial segment aired on the latest episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, uh, where they talked about WWE business practices for the most part. Um, yeah, like we said earlier in the show, we got a lot of uh, feedback from uh, our listeners about the segment. We watched the segment. Uh, for those who don't know, John Oliver, uh, last, last week tonight, they 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 tackled topics, uh, usually uh, with, a, with a little touch of, of comedy. It is a funny show. You might not always agree with the topics or it, it is kind of one-sided. I will say that all the topics are, it can get a bit political and you know, whatever political side, you know, it favors it kind of skews a bit toward that. But as far as this segment goes, it talks about WWE's unfair practices involving their wrestlers, uh, wrestlers who basically aren't taken care of, especially like after their, their, their prime, I should say, uh, a lot of tragedy there. We, we mentioned Owen Hart. Uh, a lot of wrestlers basically dying way before their time. Obviously, Owen Hart's different. That happened. You know, that was an accident that happened, you know, on the air. Uh, a lot of wrestlers, though, uh, dying early on at early ages, you know, before 60, like in their 50s, the 90s, man. We lost a lot of wrestlers in the 90s um, due to uh, typically overdoses, people hooked on pain medication, uh, all kinds of reasons, but uh, all that stems from just really poor working conditions uh, in the world of wrestling. And because WWE slash WWF is the flagship when it comes to wrestling, and they've always had been, 
Um, a lot of the blame kind of falls on their shoulders, which means the blame falls on Vince McMahon's shoulders to make things better. Um, so, I mean, I can't really do the topic. I can't do the segment justice. It's really, it's, it's well done. Very well researched, I thought. Um, because it's all accurate. All of it. Like, he, he basically goes step by step through every bit of information that I pieced together for myself being a wrestling fan who liked to find out about what's going on, you know, backstage as much as I could all throughout the years. And it was basically all the research I had done in the last 20, you know, so years, all at once, all basically taken from my brain and all put into a, a comedic segment on a TV show on HBO. And I was like, oh, well done. Okay, you're right. Production-wise, it was well done. Um, because Oliver uh, is the kind of guy, he's a trained stand-up comedian. Um, a tra- I say he's trained. He's, <laughs> See, he's, he's not a lion. He's not a dog. Uh, uh, they no, train I mean, he's an, exper- he's an experienced public speaker. He's a television personality. Um, and, he's, and, and, he, and he speaks quickly and he speaks clearly. Um, and he seems to come from a, a place of knowledge. So therefore, um, he's believable. He's sharp uh, and, uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's witty. He's also very quickly. He's also a fan of wrestling, which if this right. were like if this were like Bill Maher talking about it, he would be completely dismissive of wrestling as a whole. John Oliver is a guy who is is calling out the the bullshit of of the you know the working conditions, as I said, but he's still a fan of the product, and I thought that was very cool and very different because when there are pieces like this and. You know, some news sources have gone after Vince McMahon or WWE or have mentioned the alarming fatalities, early fatalities uh, with wrestling. And it's 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 always like, oh, because of wrestling. Look, look at this clip of Mick Foley falling from the cage. And, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like he's a fan. So that makes it very different already. Okay. Yes. But you kind of you kind of did some of my ex, my my explanation for my point for me just then. I'm not discounting that Oliver is correct because he's correct. I'm not discounting that he is informed and passionate because he is one because he's a fan, like you said, and two because this was well researched. However, if I am to speak ill of any of this segment, it is that. He told me absolutely 0% of things that I did not already know. Now, do I expect the general public watching last week tonight on HBO uh, to know everything about wrestling to the extent that you and I do here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle? No. How could that even be possible, Darren? (laughs) It's not possible. No No one in the entire world of wrestling podcast is knowledgeable on the level that we are. Take that other wrestling podcasts. But that being said, I, on one hand, you have to commend Oliver for, uh, I guess, reaching that audience that I mentioned in the intro to this episode. The people that don't watch wrestling at all, who all of a sudden are like, Hey, are they really doing that? That's not cool. Not in America, not hashtag, not my America, right? Right. Like, so yeah, you reached an audience. However, he didn't break any new ground. There was no investigative journalism. In fact, the segments that he showed 
uh, like clips from the past, like uh, HBO Sports doing interviews with McMahon and uh, mentions of other interviews like a Bob Costas interview or ESPN appearances um, or any other criticism that's been uh, brought against McMahon for these topics, health, health insurance, unionizing, um, the, the status of the wrestlers as independent contractors. None of that is new. No, Oliver provided no new insight. He provided no new evidence. Maybe he used what he considers a pretty big platform to bring the message back to hit more ears. But I think that Oliver should only be given so much credit because Oliver is sort of like, hey, I found this existing piece of news. I'm simply going to reread it. Now, again, maybe it needed repeating. Maybe it needed the HBO uh, scope of, of, of audience. And maybe it needed somebody who doesn't appear to be a wrestling fan, but is a wrestling fan to chime in on it, to sort of bridge that gap between fans and non-fans uh, on an important issue. I'm just saying we need to stop short of celebrating Oliver too much. He didn't say anything that people like you or I or Dave Meltzer or anyone who cares about the business and the boys has not been saying for years and years and years and years. Sure. No, no. I Like I said, all the, all the stuff I've put together for myself over the years was all played in front of me, like I said. And that's actually true. I didn't learn anything new from it because I knew already. But again, to be fair, we, you know, we're not tooting our own horns here, but toot, toot. We know. We know these things. We've always talked about these things, uh, about how like unfair things are. Um, I, I, I do wonder, I question the timing of it. Is it because it's WrestleMania weekend? Because it's not like we lost anyone recently at a very young age. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know what the catalyst was to have the segment done on, on the show. Uh, but it, it was, like I said, very good, very entertaining, very truthful. And, uh, I mean, this kind of thing would have been a lot more useful maybe, <laughs> fuck, 20 years ago, uh, at least 15 years ago, when, like, wrestlers were dropping like flies. There's actually been quite a... Quite, quite a, quite a drop off, I think, because uh, I'm not really sure why, but I will say that WWE has gotten better as far as like the wellness program and stuff like that. But that only means that things have gone from you know god awful to highly unacceptable. You know what I mean? Right. right, right. In, in WWE, so there's obviously still room for improvement um, there as far as like how wrestlers are taken care of and. Um, it's it's tough. I mean, it's I don't I don't know what can be done. Like I, I it's not like couldn't Vince McMahon just settle for being a millionaire and then all of his performers are taken care of for the rest of their lives. Like is that okay? Um, he's a whatever a billionaire isn't helping like a handful of people. It's always like just give them money. You know what I mean? It's like just just help them out. You know, stop exactly. stop being you about it. But so yeah, I mean, and, he's past, and that's another thing that doesn't need to be. Uh, glossed over or or dismissed, he has. For all of the bad things Vince McMahon has done, he has given away tons of money sure. to help wrestlers who are not employed by the company. He's... The amount of money that Vince McMahon spent on Scott Hall 
Oh, yeah. That's... No, no, yeah, guess yeah, what? Yeah. If John Oliver gets fired from HBO 25 years from now, if he has, like, I don't know, a heart attack, he can't call HBO and say, uh, hi, could you pay for me heart attack? <laughs> like... That's true. That's very true. No, no, no. Um, it, it, it does seem like, I mean, Vince McMahon has paid for uh, multiple rehabs. Uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, more recently. Uh, I mean, numerous others as well. Kurt, Kurt so, Angle? Sure, sure. No, he, he has done his fair share. Sometimes, though, it does seem like whenever Vince helps out, it's like, oh, here we go. I'll be the the angel that I am, and I will extend you a lifeline. Here's... Here's a life preserver. I'll pull you back onto my boat because the Vince giveth, the Vince taketh away. You know, whatever. So I mean, sometimes it does seem very, and sometimes it does seem very political. I will say, like, look how nice we are. So and so is going into the Hall of Fame because we have risen above it, and we have forgotten. It's all water under the bridge. Vince McMahon doesn't forget anything. No, he does not. And Vince McMahon is no angel, and I'm not trying to make him into one. Sure. And sure. I'm not saying that John Oliver did anything wrong. He just didn't do anything uh, revolutionary. Like if I just if I if I went out to check my mail right now, and John Oliver were walking his dog down the street, I'd say, "Hey, uh, are you John Oliver?" And he would say, "I presume he would say yes." And then I would say, "Hey, John." You did it. Like, <laughs> right. Look at what he did. What he did was helpful. It was beneficial to wrestling or at least to the wrestlers. Um, I just don't think uh, it's just, it was just to me, it was one more piece. And it's, again, not Oliver's fault. Right. But it's just right. one more piece of overwrought, overblown social justice uh, warring that elicited a Twitter explosion. I mean, and that's what he wanted. That's what he got. Um, If it does make a difference in the long run, then good for him for stoking the fire. But I just, I don't think it should have been as big a deal as it is. And if he gets what he wants and there's an abundance of, Fan, uh, uh, fan signs in the crowd this weekend at WrestleMania, or who knows if he actually gets a chant going at MetLife Stadium. I don't know what that chant would be. Like, we want better health insurance. Right, right. No, no. Yeah, John Oliver should have coordinated what the chant should be because otherwise it's going to be people going, what do we say? What do we say? Okay. We okay. Wait, uh, retirement fund for the rest. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Okay, no, no. Um, and because I, I think you and I kind of agree on the segment where to what end is this whole thing? Um, because if you're thinking about bringing a bunch of signs that say "Hey, pay wrestlers more" or let them unionize, uh, well, guess what? WWE is notorious for taking people's signs away. Uh, that they don't like, or, you know, AEW shirts that people are wearing. Um, uh, 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 Vince will will find a way, uh, uh, Darren. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you, you, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Thank you for understanding that. People thought I was just acting weird. 
Um, so th there's that. So I, I don't know how many signs you're going to sneak through. Uh, you better get a bunch of people to to choreograph a chant. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be a big old mess. Uh, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if John Oliver shows up. Again, he was invited to WrestleMania to, quote, see how it goes or how, how the operation is run or whatever. Um, does Vince win if John Oliver shows up to Mania? Uh, can Does John Oliver, like, how could he not go, right? And then have a follow-up on the segment on the next episode? Like, I don't know. Like it, To me, that's very interesting at this point. And I, I do want better uh, better treatment of the wrestlers and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I don't know. That business stuff is beyond me. That, that That's for that, that, that's above my pay grade, which is I don't get paid for it. So I don't know what to do. But <laughs> I just want everyone to be happy, Darren. But that's not realistic, is it? It's not realistic. But uh, these are age-old issues. That doesn't mean they need to stay in the ages of old. Uh, we do need reminding of them. We do need them to change or better in some way. So, again, a light pat on the back for John Oliver. Sure. Um, maybe maybe he has accomplished something. I just hope he follows through with what he claims to be a deep concern. Take McMahon up on his offer, and if McMahon can give you enough proof uh, to, to satiate you and allow you to go back on your program and say, I stand corrected, or even to go and say, hey, we still agree to disagree. Um, or you bring him back on, you discover something you don't like or something all new, all, all brand new, altogether different that you don't like. Then you bring that on the air and you nail McMahon to the wall with it because you, you call a spade a spade. Regardless, I just want Oliver to, uh, to follow through. Um, I think he might. I really think he might. Sure, sure. And I, I for, for everyone wondering how we feel about the situation, what we thought about the segment, for the people who reached out to us and asked us, you know, is this all true? Uh, yeah. As far as, like, fact-checking, like, I, I can I can honestly say as far as this news segment goes, I can fact-check this one and say it was 99.99999% accurate. Um, Darren, would you agree? I would completely agree. Well, there's that. Uh, with that, we're going to move on, folks. Uh, that is it for the WrestleMania unnamed segment. I'll say that. I won't reintroduce that. Uh, <laughs> with that, oh, folks. On. With that, folks. We had a big weekend of actual wrestling. Not just WrestleMania. The formerly uh, uh, developmental territory, which became a brand all its own, uh, the gold brand, as they say. NXT is taking over New York. Darren, what do you say we go head-to-head? Head-to-head. Hey, guys, this is Rich Bokini. You might remember me as Kevin Owens' punching bag on SmackDown. You're listening to The Whole and Show, the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. It is upon us, hashtag dear listeners. Wrestling fans from all over the world have descended upon the New York City area for WrestleMania 35. It is an insane, what has become two weeks, honestly, two weeks of professional wrestling from the lowest tier to the main event of WrestleMania. It is all points in between covered, all flavors, all brands, all styles on, uh, the, on and around New York City and in New Jersey. Well, it all begins on the Major League Circuit with TakeOver New York, 
on Friday, the 5th of April, 2019, from the Barclays Center, where I take over basically their home away from home these days uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Now, I was at the very first TakeOver Brooklyn. Were now, you? they're calling this one TakeOver New York uh, after the, the previous four have been called TakeOver Brooklyn. So I guess they're trying to differentiate and say that it's only TakeOver Brooklyn if it's in the summer and that even if it's in Brooklyn in the same building uh, for WrestleMania weekend, uh, we're calling it TakeOver New York. But it is TakeOver New York. It is the gold brand or the yellow and black brand. If you were to ask Mauro Ronaldo, the lead commentator for NXT, but it is the it's the baby brother. It was formerly developmental territory for WWE, and now it is probably <laughs> the best brand. But it is definitely like the C brand. It's the it's the third tier show. It's probably it's like uh, it's like what Prince Henry. Is that is that the redheaded child? Because everyone was like, "Oh man, that Prince William though." And then the years went on, and it was like, uh, not so much. Prince Henry, though. Like, it became yeah. the Prince Henry, so. Well, it's, it's, it's Prince Harry. Harry? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me now, before I started that whole bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you see what I'm trying to say. Like, it's kind of like, oh, no, no. For, 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 forget about forget about Harry. It's all about William. And then, oh, no, people realize William wasn't aging very well. Uh, but, oh, but Harry, ooh-wee, ah. So. Well, plus, Harry married an American, so it makes him more exotic. It's true. It's true. It's very exotic. It makes him more exotic, even though he's not. But uh, <laughs> also, I think Harry's a nickname for Henry, so his name actually might be Henry. Well, there you go. Plus, it keeps with the with the the British uh, mo- monarchical line because uh, there's a there's a whole ton of Henrys. Never there heard of them. <laughs> what's, the, what's that? I've never heard of any any royalty by the name of uh, Henry from uh, England. No, 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 no. There were only at least eight King Henrys. <laughs> at least, yeah. At least, at least. All right, let's talk about takeover. Uh, as usual. Um, I, I think it's being advertised as a two-hour card. It will easily be a three-hour card. Sure. Then you add in that hour-long pre-show, and it's just one more, uh, like, <laughs> eye-drying spectacle. Um, and uh, it's – I love it. I love every minute of WrestleMania and WrestleMania weekend. But, boy, um, these are the kind of <laughs> – these shows are of a length that would have absolutely – shocked and awed me in the very best way possible when I was a kid. But as uh, an almost 40-year-old man, these shows, I'm like, I need to take a nap and then come back to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these shows these shows are are intense. But uh, TakeOver, it, it does try and, and, and tries to keep it uh, in the realm of normalcy, to borrow a word from uh, Warren G. Harding. Uh, that didn't belong to him. Right. Well, or I, anyone else. I, I believe he was asking for a return to normalcy. Is that correct? He was asking for a return to normalcy. The problem is you can't return to something that doesn't exist. Normalcy is not a real word. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I use the word. I, I actually use that expression quite a bit, saying that like something needs to, to have a return to normalcy. Um, yeah. So. And the only problem is the word he was looking for was normality. Um and instead, he 
you made up a nonsense word. You you, and, uh, you you can't not correct someone, can you? Like me saying like, oh yeah, hey Henry or Harry, which one, whichever one I said earlier, the wrong one. And you're like, oh, oh Perry, it's this old old uh, Warren G. Hardy out there doing stuff, and you go, oh, I'm sorry, it's this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can't not correct someone. Um, I. I like the world, you know, I, I want to share a Coke and a smile. And I want to share the truth. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And not rotten, when I say the truth, I don't mean rotten killings. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? Is he not on this? Is he not at WrestleMania? Oh, he's somewhere. Oh, he'll do- he's probably in the Battle Royal. He's going to dance oh. at some point. Don't <laughs> worry. He'll be there. I can't stand our truth. Oh, All right. Wow. Let's talk about TakeOver. Wow. Let's talk about TakeOver. Um, I, 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 like I said, I'm sure we'll somewhere in what will turn a two hour show into a four hour show. We'll get at least one other match on the pre-show if they don't, or, or more, but right now there are only five advertised matches and let's say, let's go ahead and get into them. The WWE United Kingdom title is being defended by the nigh on two year reigning champion, Pete Dunne. As he defends against NXT UK newcomer, but not a newcomer to pro wrestling, Walter. Now, Pete Dunne has done wonders for this title, but I'm going to say this. Years ago, when NXT existed, but TakeOver on WrestleMania weekend did not exist, I always begged for the NXT title to be defended at WrestleMania. I thought that'd be a brilliant way to showcase NXT. Now, again, we're talking about four or five years ago when NXT was not the brand that it is now. Sure. When it was still developmental, uh, developmental plus, you know, it wasn't quite a third brand. I thought, how great would that be if this is the one time you got to see the NXT champion on WWE TV? I thought it'd be great. Well, now I understand why you don't do that. They have their they have their pay-per-view the same weekend that is, you know, ostensibly on par with WrestleMania. So that leaves me now saying, well, you need to defend this UK title. Well, the number one reason is because it's not an NXT title. It's not an NXT UK title. This title is a WWE title. So in my mind, No, you don't need to try and cram more shit into the WrestleMania card. But you know what? Get rid of a few of those matches and put this one on that card. Because Pete Dunne versus Walter for the WWE UK title is 10 times more uh, attractive of a WrestleMania match than some of the matches that are actually on the WrestleMania card. I would agree with that. Uh, I I would definitely back that up. And uh, I mean, it's pre-show fodder for them, right? I mean, it's still... It still has very little to do with Vince McMahon uh, other than using the WWE name, which obviously he owns. Um, So I I can see him being kind of like, well, it's one more belt to be defended on the show, so we'll break our own record of most title defenses on a WrestleMania. So because it helps do that, he'll he'll be all for it. But beyond that, he could could give a shit less. I mean, let's be honest. I'm pretty sure that the words Pete Dunne and Walter have never come out of the mouth of Vince McMahon. Right. Well, well not, not, I mean, at some point, sure, each word 
has come out at some point, <laughs> but never all together and never uh, speaking of these two. Yes. But nonetheless, it'll be a good match. It'll be a good match. Uh, Pete Dunn can have a, have a good match with a, a mop handle um, and has. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, but no, this match is going to be uh, excellent. And uh, I remember how excited you were, especially whenever Walter showed up. Uh, but I think this might actually be, I'll say it now, because we are going head to head. Head to head. This might be what ends the bruiserweight streak. What do you think, Darren? I, I'm that's, that's my call. I'm 110% going with Walter. And I cannot wait to hear that Dvorak theme play as Walter walks out with that belt. I'm going to just be like beaming like someone's mum. <laughs> well, it might happen here. I mean, all I'm going to say is this this should be a good match. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's it. And so you're, and you're thinking, Walter? And absolutely. Yeah, fearful, fearful for Pete Dunne because I love him so that he might be dropping that belt. And like you said, he's done wonders for that UK title. I, I don't want to say he was a better champion than Tyler Bate, who I thought was a, was a fine wrestler. Not really a, a not really an interesting enough character. Like uh, I, I don't want to say he was a boring champion, but Pete Dunne is just much more interesting um, compared to Pete Dunne. Yes, I will say Tyler Bate was boring, but uh, yeah, yeah, Tyler Bate. Uh, Tyler Bate is more interesting with Trent Seven. Sure, they're better. They're more interesting as Mustache Mountain yeah. than Tyler Bate. As I, I am nineteen year old boy. Exactly. Well, now he's forty because the first uh, UK tournament was uh, uh, was twenty one years ago. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy to think about when the first UK tournament, the night of the first UK tournament, was also the uh, you and I and uh, our buddy Jared were seeing an ROH taping that featured people like Switch Blade, Jay oh, White, yeah, yeah. Adam Cole and Cody, and it's like, wow! Just think about that time frame. That that, that um, was Cody. Those... That was Cody Rhodes' return to ROH. Yeah, yeah, and that was twenty-one years ago. <laughs> it's twenty-one years ago. Um, all right, moving on uh, because every match at Takeover is a title match. Um, the NXT Tag Team Championship is being defended by your War Raiders. Your War Raiders and my War my Raiders. My personal War Raiders? Okay. That's, that's the ones. Um, uh, and they're taking on Aleister Black and Ricochet. Every, we're talking about some someone who belongs to everyone. Apparently, it's Aleister Black and Ricochet now because they compete on every... I hear they just signed with AEW, and uh, <laughs> they might be performing... Don't put that out there. ...in G1 Supercard. Uh, oh, man, man. ...in Japan, Madison Square Garden. It, it is quite um, possible, yes. It is possible. Uh, but they are... De- uh, they are... A, uh, they're not the defending. War Raiders are defending. Aleister Black and Ricochet are trying to collect all the gold. They could potentially win two sets of, of WWE-sanctioned tag team championships this weekend. And this is their first opportunity, trying to take them off of Hanson and Rowe. What do you think? Uh, I think there's no reason to take them off the War Raiders. Um, I, again, I don't understand why Ricochet and Aleister Black are a tag team. Uh, because it literally is like... And I'll, I'll, I'll use this example, but I, I know that you uh, you don't necessarily agree with this because of who they are. Sheamus and Cesaro, it's just, we'll put you two together. That's different because that did work very well. 
But this literally came out of nowhere with just Ricochet and Alistair Black being put together for everything. Um, so if they have two opportunities for tag team gold over the weekend, do they, they have to win one, right? They have to win one, especially because they are now the ultimate tag team that's on every show. Do they lose the first one and win the second one? Or do they win the first one and then lose the second one? Or do they win both? Either way, they're going to win one. I would not put them over the War Raiders because at this point, I associate Ricochet and Aleister Black more with WWE than NXT. So I'm going to go with War Raiders. All right. Well, I'm going with the War Raiders just because I think to strip the War Raiders, not to discount anything you said, but just to, to add another angle to it, more so than uh, than Aleister Black and Ricochet don't need it, I think the War Raiders still kind of do need it. Uh, they, their uh, title reign is is young still. Um, they're still newish to NXT. Uh, they're not moving anywhere anytime soon. They're dominant. They are uh, they're lauded, and I think to take the belts off of them now would be a mistake. Uh, even though Black and Ricochet are a powerful entity. Um, I think this is a way of putting the War Raiders over big time because they get. I think they get a clean victory here over Black and Ricochet, uh, who everybody knows are damn good. They just won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, so we know they're good in that respect. And they, I think, they have like a winning streak on Raw and SmackDown. So I think this is an opportunity to really push the Raiders and then turn around the next night maybe and push Black and Ricochet to the top of the mountain uh, on the red and blue brands. Well, very quickly on the subject of Vince McMahon not knowing who NXT people are or NXT UK people are or whatever, um, I feel like if if Vince actually watched a War Raiders match, he might be like, put them on Raw because they're two giant men who can move. Um, so I, I can see where Vince might be like, yeah, I call them up. I want them in my tag division. Just because of their size. And, and they've got a decent gimmick. It's very unique, the Viking thing, so... It could work on the main. I mean, we're, we're uh, AOP kind of showed up, and where the fuck are they now? <laughs> I think the War Raiders would do well in Raw. Well, AOP needed Paul Ellering. We've we have we have seen that. Sure, uh, Drake Maverick or isn't that his name? Rockstar Spud, Drake Maverick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that just that that's such a fake name. I can't get my. I can't ever like feel like it's right. Um, uh, he was not, he was no Paul Ellering and that's not his fault. Um, he wasn't Paul precious Ellering, enough. Well, he wasn't precious enough. No, who, who is no. besides precious Paul? There you go. Um, precious Paul Ellering really was what gave AOP, um, a little bit of credibility when they were in NXT. I'm not saying they were terrible wrestlers, but they were kind of pointless characters, and Ellering gave them uh, gave them a lot more oomph. Now he certainly did not make them into Road Warriors Part Two, which I think was the idea. But if they were ever going to be that, they certainly were not going to be that on their own, and not with, and nor were they going to be that with Drake Maverick. So AOP, we're not even talking. I mean, here we are talking about them on a weekend where they're not going to get talked about by anybody else. So right. let's go ahead and stop talking about AOP. But back to War Raiders for a second. I think you're absolutely right because. Even though it is a, a fresh kind of unique gimmick, it's kind it's kind of a Vince McMahon gimmick. Absolutely, like, it's it's there. There are some throwback elements to it, but those guys, they're the, they're the big burly, barrel chested guys, but they can move 
like cruiserweights or you know at least hansen can sure no absolutely um next up the north american championship is on the line as new north american champion velveteen dream defends against another nxt newcomer matt riddle the altered bro the ultimate bro this is a tough call do you take the belt off of velveteen dream who just won it on nxt television which was a horrible idea by the way horrible booking for a title uh, to change hands on nxt because nxt is taped in advance and everyone finds out about it before it happens so it's to no one's surprise um, even if you don't go seeking for, even if you don't like go out of your way to find spoilers, like back in the day, we'd like hit up Wrestle Zone. You know what I mean? To see like, oh, what's going on? Who might appear on Raw? Like, spoilers find you on like Twitter and Facebook now. There are those people out there who like attend every full sale show and will just put up, you know, screenshots and, and give you uh, up to date. Uh, uh, happenings and ruin everything for you just because you're checking your Twitter because your podcast is a Twitter (laughs) presence and uh, it really annoys you. But anyway, I won't name names. You know who you are. I'm not going to name his name. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm with you. Okay. Um, uh, For a second, I thought you were going into a Yakov Smirnoff bit because uh, I, <laughs> in pro wrestling, spoilers find you. It's uh, basically that, that that's very accurate. But uh, anyway, so Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle, you have to be between a rock and a hard place. I love Velveteen Dream. I am liking Matt Riddle. Um, I'm sure this match will be stellar. But I, I really don't know who to go with. What happens to Matt Riddle if you lose this match? I think at this point, nothing. I, I think nothing happens to him. Because Velveteen Dream is just a, a worthy opponent, as Captain Hook would say. Well, uh, I, I, well first of all, I'm not even going to consider what happens to Matt Riddle if he doesn't win this match. Because I'm going to say that Matt Riddle does win this match. He wins the belt, are you sure? I think, yes, because this... Because it's WrestleMania weekend, Velveteen Dream will absolutely be a post-WrestleMania call-up. Wow. Even though even though, if his pants don't say, call me up Vince, uh, which Vince McMahon was not too happy about, apparently, um, maybe he has I, a I, shot I, at it. But I, I, don't, I don't, is Raw slash SmackDown ready for Velveteen no. Dream? <laughs> no, I didn't say I think it needs to be his call-up. I'm just saying I think it will be his call-up. Yeah, I mean, d- dropping the belt to Velveteen Dream obviously got the belt off of Gargano, so Gargano could compete for uh, the NXT title, uh, which putting the belt on Gargano in the first place was a dumb idea, uh, especially if they knew they were this close to WrestleMania weekend and to the TakeOver WrestleMania weekend, and whether he was fighting Adam Cole or fighting Tommaso Ciampa, he was going to be fighting for that title and probably winning uh, that title. Uh, so th- that whole thing. So yeah, putting the belt on uh, Dream and the fact, again, that it was on a, a show that was taped uh, was a bad call all around. A rare NXT misstep, but on this situation, I'm going to have to go with Velveteen Dream retaining. Wow. There we go. We are going different routes. That's why we go head to head. Head to head. It is. And I'll tell you what. Um, I think that the thinking, well, uh, based on what I've heard other people say, 
they are second guessing the North American Championship. And I believe they put the belt on Gargano so that they would unify the NXT title with the North American title when Gargano went over on Champa. Um, obviously, everything has changed because of that now. So you want to get the belt off of Gargano so that he can fight for. And I don't want to spoil my pick for the, for the end of this uh, card, but um, you don't want to unify it with an absentee belt and a blah blah blah. So I think everything kind of got screwy because of Champa's injury. Now Dream holding the belt, I think it's a nice little notch on Dream's belt. So that he doesn't go to the main roster, never having achieved any like gold, because that would be kind of weird. It'd be like, you know, at least if Vince has any reservations about uh, a Velveteen Dream, I think at least the Triple H can go. Uh, uh, but he was the uh, he was the North American champion, you know. Instead of yeah, we didn't ever think he deserved a belt in NXT either, you know. Uh, so yeah, who, who do you think he I, is, Lars Sullivan? Oh, my God. He never held yeah. a title. He never held a title, Darren. Oh, that's true. Um, so I think that uh, th- th- that's why this all kind of happened sort of butchered, uh, so to speak, in such a butchered fashion. But now Velveteen's going up, so they're going to put the belt on Riddle because they really are riding high on Riddle. Like, I know I am, but rarely does the company... <laughs> push things the way that I would. So sure, sure. I'm surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised by it. I, I, I man, I, I, I am fearful of what would happen to Velveteen Dream if he got pushed up to the main roster. Like, I really am. His character is very specific, and they're, they're going to take it in the wrong direction. I just know they will. So, you know, I'm so fearful of that. I'd rather have Velveteen Dream stay at NXT for another five years and, and keep doing good work, and he's getting better and better as a wrestler. Um, so, I mean, it, it, to me, Velveteen Dream is putting in enough time and, and energy, and he's entertaining, he's good at a microphone, he's a phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal athlete. Um, it'd be a shame at this point to push him through the machine hip with, with him never having held the NXT title itself um, at this point. That's just me, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, Velveteen retaining, though. Right on. Uh, last bit I'll say is, sure, I'd love for Dream to stay for another year or two at the very least. Have him reign over all of NXT as the champion for a while. I just don't I just don't think that's going to happen at this point. They're, Have him purple NXT, reign. Exactly. Thank the you. NXT roster itself is too big, uh, and there's too many moving parts. And I, not to say that it's not on Raw and SmackDown, because it is. But, um, <laughs> golly. Overcrowded or Raw and SmackDown? What do you mean, Darren? I don't know. I just don't think that there's time to have an extended Velveteen Dream like title run uh, at the top of NXT anymore. There, there's too much. There's too much under that umbrella. But fair enough. Uh, that just gives me more reason to say that Matt Riddle wins this match. Well, we disagree. So that's a good thing for our our fans who seek the head to head head to head for the entertainment value. Well, sure. I mean, we are entertaining. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're a couple of Cedrics. <laughs> a couple of Cedric the Entertainers, yes. Oh, very nice. Uh, the penultimate match of the evening is the NXT Women's Championship match. At least we assume it will be. 
Um, I don't know that they're going to go with two female main events uh, for the WrestleMania weekend, but they might. Uh, we never know what order these matches are going to come in. We just, we guess. And uh, I think that the women's championship match will be our next to last match for TakeOver. The champion who has been a long reigning champion, a two-time champion, Shayna Baszler from the world of mixed martial arts, she is going to face uh, some pretty stiff competition here. Former champion Kyrie Sane, also Io Shirai, and a familiar opponent to Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair. So uh, it seems like uh, Baszler's outnumbered. Then again, if you add uh, the other horsewomen into the fold, and maybe they're at ringside, maybe they're not, uh, they might sort of even up the odds there for Shayna Baszler. And that's not to say Shayna can't do it all by herself. But what do you think? It's a tough call because... Um... I would just assume Shayna Baszler hold on to the belt, uh, but you don't know if she is being called up soon uh, or not. I, I don't see a reason to put the belt back on Kyrie Sane. She's already held it before. It's not really, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really see the benefit of doing that. Io Shirai, does she get the belt at this point? Is she a big enough a big enough face in NXT? Uh, Bianca Belair, is she ready for the title? It's a lot of unknowns. Like, basically, everyone has a caveat. Like, uh, I could see why, but would you? Like, everyone does. Um, so, I'm going to have to play it safe and just say that Shanna Baszler hangs on to the belt, Darren. And, and we might be disagreeing on this one again. I think we do have a double disagreement. Uh, because I think they're going to put the belt on Bel Air. Uh-oh. And I think that you're right. I and mean, if you hadn't said it, I would have. Which is... Uh, repeating what we said a few months ago. Belair, probably not ready. But I think that they're going to do it anyway. And I think they're going to do it because does Kyrie Sane need to be the champion again? I don't think you get anything out of putting the belt back on Kyrie Sane. I no. really don't. She is, she is, she's well-loved. She is well-liked. People want to see her, but not, they don't like demand to see her. Like you do, like you want like you want that feeling for your champions. They either not, they need to be just absolutely aching to see them perform or just booing them out of the building. And Kyrie Singh doesn't elicit either one of those feelings. Io Shirai, I think, would be a ballsy kind of underground uh, nod to indie wrestling kind of move, putting the belt on her because it's like a totally unproven uh, commodity. Um, which, again has happened in wrestling before, will happen in wrestling again. I don't think it happens this night in Brooklyn. Um, and then Baszler, I'm going to go ahead and say she moves up Sunday night. I, I mean, it's not just a matter of her moving up soon. I think she makes her presence felt, along with uh, Shafir and Duke. I think that they somehow get involved in Ronda's business on uh, Sunday night at WrestleMania. And so this is their this is their you know exit stage left, and I don't think she's going to take the belt with her. So, <laughs> out of all those uh, scenarios, Bel Air seems the least uh, risky, the least dangerous. Still dangerous, but the least dangerous, and that's why she's getting my nod here for the pick. Well, 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 we are not getting along at all, are we, Darren? No, we, it's been a long time since we, uh, of course, now we have a, a 
Oh, beast. <laughs> a beast of a card to pick next. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how many we choose differently on that. But already two out of five differing picks here for TakeOver. That's that's interesting. Now that leaves us with only the main event as far as uh, our picks here for TakeOver New York. And it is a two out of three falls match for the vacant NXT Championship. That's right. Ever since Tommaso Ciampa was sidelined by an unfortunate neck injury and had to relinquish his beloved Goldie, of course, the NXT title is that to which he was referring, a title which he re-legitimized. Uh, it didn't even need, didn't even need re-legitimizing, and yet uh, his reign ha- has sort of done that. Now, <clears throat> similar to Finn Balor having to give up the Universal title in less than 24 hours, after its inaugural win, uh, this seems very unfortunate, very dis- very dissimilar situation, but similar in how unfortunate it is in that it derailed plans for the belt and it derailed plans for Champa, and I think it sort of derailed plans for Gargano, but I think they're they're going to right that wrong with this match. Now the match is Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, baby. There you go. And uh, Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Johnny Wrestling, is a tweener at best, right? I don't really know what the deal with him is these days. Um, he's a nasty little man, just like Champa, but he still gets cheered like a baby face. Uh, meanwhile, Adam Cole is that quintessential lovable heel. So it's hard to say who's fighting uh, from underneath here. What do you think? Well, it's, again, difficult to call because I'm sure the Superstar shakeup is just around the corner after WrestleMania 35 goes down. We're going to get more NXT call-ups, even though I feel like we've already had way too many over the past few months. Um, it's it's tough because I could see Gargano going to the main card, or in the very least, 205 Live. I could see the entire Undisputed Era doing that same exact thing. Um, it that, that would go over really well in Raw and SmackDown, I think. Um, but, uh, is that what's going to happen here? So I guess the, the question is who wins the wrestling match? Um, because (laughs) it is the question. Well, I say that because what is the plan now? Because I think the plan has always been for Gargano to win the belt eventually, but only if he wins it from Tomasa Ciampa. Now Ciampa is taken out of the equation does he just win this match uh, beating Adam Cole? Or do you go ahead and put the belt on Adam Cole, who's got that very hot faction uh, that is known as the Undisputed Era? Uh, I think maybe that's what happens here. I think Adam Cole actually has the belt here. But again, if he gets called up, that's wrong, only because I didn't know he was getting called up. But I, I, I would much rather see the, the, the this whole Champa-Gargano saga has gone on for so long you don't need to spoil the ending at this point. You need to go ahead and just wait until the conditions are just right. Um, and and ne- it needs to have some closure. Otherwise, Gargano just has the belt and, and, and that's it. That's kind of weird to me. So I'm going to go with Adam Cole. Bebe. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano. Yay! This is an interesting one. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano because... I think that an Undisputed Era call-up post-WrestleMania is more likely than a Gargano call-up. 
Gargano never having won the belt. Gargano's feud with Champa not resolved. Gargano going to 205 Live as an also ran. I don't like it. And it's very, I think it's almost like a kick down the ladder. No, I, I agree uh, with that, Darren, but you got to remember 205 Live is its own thing and they deserve fresh talent too. So having Gargano on that, you're, you're going to get some really awesome matches from Gargano. Um, as much as I don't like to say like, oh, so like no one likes to be destined for 205 Live, right? Like that's, that's like, ah, that's great. Well, why don't you go play in the hallway? Why don't you go play in the hallway? Okay. Get out well, of the way. I'm, okay. Let me go ahead and say this. And I think this is clear. Those of us, those, those, those listeners, those hashtag dear listeners who listen very closely will already know this when I say it. But for the, for the, at the risk of people misunderstanding my position on this. Let me reiterate. I don't think 205 Live is the minor leagues. I know that Vince McMahon does think that. As a result, I have to think like him when I'm thinking about prospective destinations for these people. I know what Vince is going to do to them in that brand or in that territory or that league or whatever. Because I know that, whether I want it to be that way or not, but because I know that that's how it is, I don't want to see Johnny Gargano go there. It's just like, uh, flashback 20 years, go look at WCW Cruiserweight Division. Most of those guys wanted to be main eventers. Well, they, they weren't because the main event was still, in 1996 through 2000, it was mostly dominated by guys that were... Six five at the smallest. I mean, like both WWF, I guess, except for Brett and Sean, both WWF and WCW were still the land of giants. And, you know, Eddie Guerrero contending for a world heavyweight title didn't make sense. Didn't mean Eddie Guerrero was shit. It didn't mean he was lesser than. It just meant he weighed less than. So, you know, confining Malenko and Jericho and Guerrero back then to the cruiserweight division didn't appear to be an insult. I just wish that in 2009, uh, confining people like Bloody Murphy and uh, <laughs> Cedric Alexander and maybe a Johnny Gargano or even an Adam Cole to 205 Live should not be a stain on the resume. It should just be an acknowledgement that, <laughs> you know, some... Some people are bigger than others. Bigger does not necessarily equal better. But I know better, and because of that, I have a, a, a predilection for being fearful about sending beloved wrestlers to a 205 Live fate, a 205 Oblivion. Um, and so that, that's my fear there. But I also have a distinct fear of the Undisputed Era being completely goofed up and not treated right on the main roster. Undisputed Era should come in as a four-piece or maybe even with the addition of a woman and as a five-piece. That would be like, I'm not going to say full-blown NWO, but like DX level uh, on Raw or SmackDown, and I don't think it would happen. But I think it's going to happen. I think you also have to put the belt on Gargano and not wait for Champa to return because how do you not put the belt on Gargano 
Well, you do it by putting it on Cole, and then Cole's going to lose it to Champa, and then Champa's going to lose it to Gargano. That's another year in NXT booking. And are they willing to do that again for another whole year? I don't think so. Not in this era of booking where things change from week to week. So, whew, that is my long answer of why I'm picking Johnny Gargano. Fair enough, fair enough. And I agree with you that, I mean, I, I don't think the people on 205 Live aren't talented and, and don't deserve anything. Vince does, though. The, the, the uh, One of the big problems with SmackDown and Raw is there there are no mid-carters anymore. Like, they, they don't really, they don't have, like, a hierarchy or, like, a, a totem pole of, uh, you know, of, 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 uh, of uh, I guess, quality wrestler or whatever. Because 205 Live to them is, they are the mid-carters. They're on 205 Live, you know what I mean? Because they right. are smaller, they are the cruiserweights, yada, yada, yada. So that, that's kind of also why things are a little disheveled and, and seems very disorganized on Raw and SmackDown. Because it seems like, like who who are the main eventers? Who are the... You know what I mean? Like, who are the who are the 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 contenders for the belts? Like, it's it's very unclear. But anyway, uh, either way, Cole Gargano is going to be an excellent match, and it's the match I'm most looking forward to this entire weekend, actually. So, wow, and I think that I uh, it might be mine too. I don't know for sure, but it's definitely up there. And I think what really adds to it is the two out of three falls stipulation. Yes, that's something that, we haven't I, mentioned. Yes. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of hair pulling and hand wringing. And I mean me pulling my hair wow. and wringing my hands. Because <laughs> uh, I don't even, I don't care who wins the match, but I think it's going to be that good. I think it's going to be that uh, uh, compelling that it's going to draw me in uh, in a dramatic fashion, even though I would be happy with either winner. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know who's going to win. The fans. There you go. Yeah, that is your card. That is your card and our predictions for TakeOver New York, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here, folks. We went head to head. Head to head. And now we got to do it again, baby, because we can't talk about wrestling this weekend without mentioning the granddaddy of them all. WrestleMania 35, Darren, let's do it again. WrestleMania 35. You can call it WrestleMania New York, New Jersey, WrestleMania New York, New Jersey 2, WrestleMania Statue of Liberty Head. I'm going to call it WrestleMania 35. Don't you dare call it WrestleMania 2019. I did notice the DVD covers for the last two years. They've started adding the year instead of the number. Uh, Oh, way, dude. No way am I buying into that. What's wrong with Triple XV? Some some beautiful Roman numerals there, the the triple X V. I like it. I do too. There's nothing at all wrong with it. They set the standard 35 years ago. Well, I guess <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, <laughs> the 32 years ago. I think WrestleMania go, three. Yeah, WrestleMania three was the first time they used the Roman numerals. But still, they started it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on Sunday, the 7th of April, 2019, from MetLife Stadium. In East Rutherford, New Jersey, we do get WrestleMania 35, which we've said all sorts of things, the the granddaddy of them all. But you know my favorite name will always be the Showcase of the Immortals. It's a good one. That's the one that it just sounds so damn epic that I I can hardly stand it. And uh, this is epic in, uh, in its content, I will say that. And if we're going to get through this uh, in the next uh, eight hours, 
which is probably how long WrestleMania 35 is going to last. <laughs> we better get started talking about these 16 matches. Oh, bear with uh, us, folks. Bear with us, hashtag dear listeners. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, they're advertising the pre-show as being the two battle royals as well as the cruiserweight title match. And uh, so real quick, let's take a look at some of the folks that are in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Uh, now, we know uh, that Braun Strowman's in it. Sure. And we know that Michael Che oh. and Colin Jost, oh. the host of Weekend Update of Saturday Night Live fame, are the, are the three main people that are in this match. And we know that because Strowman demanded that Michael Che and Colin Jost be in this match. Now, I, you're groaning a lot, and maybe I should be too, but I'm not. I, there's something about it being New York City. There's something about New York City being the home of the WWE, classically the home of the WWF. And there's something about old school Saturday Night Live. Like, There's nothing about Saturday Night Live that feels old school except for the end theme music. And to a certain extent, I dig Jost and Che. There's something throwback about the two of them that feels more legitimately SNL than anything else has in about 15 years. Well, throwback, so, I, I hope Braun Strowman throws them back into the locker room uh, where they stay. Uh, they're my pick to win, both of them, simultaneously. And by that, I mean the main event unifying the women's championship titles, uh, defeating Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. Am I getting ahead of myself? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I don't care for them. I don't care for their involvement in the Andre uh, Battle Royal. Uh, it will, typically, WrestleMania, when they involve celebrities, and I use this term loosely when I, I mention these two, um, and that, that's not a dig. That's that's a fucking fact. Um, that's not a dig. <laughs> uh, okay, it's both. Um, is it's it's usually something a bit more timely, like like involving Snooki in WrestleMania. You know. We, we groaned at that, but that was the time. That show was fucking super popular. It made sense. And she, she did a good job, too. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. So, a point for Snooki. Uh, these two, like, SNL isn't, isn't bigger than it was a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. It's, it's where it always is. So, when you have people from SNL on, it's just kind of like, uh, And uh, SNL doesn't really make stars anymore, either. They just kind of make... They just kind of grab young comedians and, and, and throw them up there and say, hey, say mean things about, you know, whoever's president or, you know, whatever. Um, so, I don't know. It just their involvement's very, like, like I don't even, I, I don't care. No, 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 not even that. I'm indifferent. And, and that's the worst possible emotion that I can have about it, right? It is. Yeah. Indifference is the worst. But I'm actually for it. Um, I, I like them. And I agree that SNL isn't like the, you know, the new kid on the block or the hottest property in the world. But I think that Che and Jost are the best part of SNL and SNL is such a part of like New York city. And I think that that is what Vince and friends are trying to do here is remind everybody that so is WWE. And this is sort of like the, the somewhat of a homecoming and, Let's bring the various elements of the city I can together. See I can see that, sure. But I mean, you know, yeah. well, their offices are, are in Connecticut, but sure, they're, they're a New York entity. I, I get it. I mean, they're basically synonymous with Madison Square Garden. Sure. Um, which is the heart of New York City. 
and all the you know so much of the advertising has incorporated the subway and the statue of liberty you know it, i just feel like that's the whole point of it of it being che and jost is well let's well, do well. the sports Let's do this New York City thing is what they're trying to do. Will G.E. Smith play them to the ring? <laughs> I, I love that. That would be uh, amazing. Um, okay. Uh, but uh, as far as the other contenders of this match, you've got Apollo Crews, Titus O'Neil, Tyler Breeze, Jinder Mahal, bless his heart. He was the world champion. <laughs> and now he's nothing. Uh, which I, I sincerely mean that because I'm a huge Jinder Mahal fan. Um, no way, Jose. He doesn't even belong on this card. So. <laughs> the eternal struggle. Poor No Way, Jose. Bobby Root and Chad Gable. Uh, the unfortunate Lucha House Party, Kalisto, Grant, Metalik, and Lince Dorado, disrespected as usual. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel talk about the B team. They're more like the F team. Uh, oh, zing. Keith Slater, why is he employed at this point? And Rhino, what's going on? He retired on screen and off screen. Victor and Connor, are they still employed? That's news to me. Uh, Andrade, <laughs> you know, Andrade Almas and Mustafa Ali. What? Like, I understand that if it's going to be a battle royal that is supposed to be semi-prestigious, you need to have some semi-prestigious competitors. It doesn't need to actually just be a garbage dump of wrestlers. But, <laughs> like, Andrade and Ali have both been competing for the WWE Championship. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, my God. Okay, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, is this their farewell match? The Hardy Boys, let's bring Matt Hardy back twice. Let's bring Jeff Hardy back twice and then put them in the garbage dump of wrestlers. And then, uh, oh, poor heavy machinery. Poor, poor heavy machinery. Why, they're doing well. Yeah, they're doing so well that they're in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Where were they uh, last year, Darren? That's right. They were wrestling for 200 people at the Armory in Jacksonville, Florida. Fair enough. That's Fair right. enough. They're gonna be, at least they're going to be in front of 80,000 people in the city. Sure. And then EC3. Now, of course... The most exciting part of this match is the unknown. So we're looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> uh, so even though this is a weird-ass match and, there are, and it's full of unknowns as well, who are you going to pick? Oh, God, I have to select someone? Uh, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like if Braun Strowman does not win this match, then, then that's kind of the thing, right? Braun Strowman's got to win this match, yeah? I think Strowman has to win this match. Okay, yeah. All right, so we're both going with Strowman. Yeah, oh. I can't wait for this match. <laughs> hey, at least it's something to look at. I, I look at it that way. It is. It's a whole lot of colorful stuff. I was gonna say I could flip a coin, but that wouldn't necessarily uh, be a decider for a match with this many people. I'd have to. I'd have to throw like one of those like twelve sided die from D and D to pick someone, but uh, I don't have that on hand. I'm going to go with Braun Strowman make things easier for us so we can move on because that's only one of the 37. And actually, 35. It's WrestleMania 35 because that's how many matches there are. <laughs> you know, probably the only time you hear them say the number 35 is when talking about how many matches. Uh, well, the Cruiserweight Championship will be defended by Bloody Betty Murphy. 
And he's going to defend it against that brick shithouse, Tony Nese. Man, was I right or was I right when we talked about this match a couple episodes ago and I said, we're spending way too much time talking about a match that is destined for the pre-show of WrestleMania. And here we are, Darren. Here we are. Yeah. You could not be more right. Um, I think I think Buddy Murphy retains. Me I too. think this is, even though it's on the pre-show, it's still a big stage. And this is a stage where you celebrate Murphy's singular talents because I think Buddy Murphy is everything Tony Nese is and much more. Oh, no, I think, uh, I mean, Tony Nese has a great, a great aesthetic to him. Obviously he's got a really, really amazing build. I think, um, uh, he's actually a talented wrestler too. Like, I mean, we, we kind of sold him short when we talked about these two fighting each other a while ago. Uh, he's actually a decent wrestler, but, Buddy Murphy has worked wonders for that cruiserweight title, uh, and I, I think you need to keep it on him uh, a little bit longer. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Buddy Murphy as well. Buddy Murphy, also, also his bay, uh, Alexa Bliss is uh, hosting or not hosting WrestleMania? I don't know. She is, yeah, she is hosting. Okay, uh, I think it's kind of confusing. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's pretty settled that she's gonna be the quote unquote host. Okay, now that role has been nothing. In recent years, Hulk Hogan did it at WrestleMania 30. The Rock did it at WrestleMania 27. And that meant they did nothing. Yeah, the New Day that they did at WrestleMania 33, they literally, like, started the show and, like, announced the Hardy Boys were coming out for the tag match and you never saw them again. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what that means, but I guess it gets Alexa Bliss involved, which is nice. So, I guess that's it cool. Gets her, it gets her a WrestleMania bonus because apparently she's hurt again or hurt still. I don't know the details on that. We really should we should investigate that because I need to know why Alexa Bliss isn't doing something. Because she was a huge, huge deal not that long ago, and now she's hosting? Well, I mean... Well, to me, I mean, obviously, we talked about Tommaso Ciampa having a very untimely injury at Special WrestleMania coming up. I think Alexa Bliss's injury was timely because uh, she was in danger of just getting uh, caught under the gears of the Charlotte Becky Ronda machine, like people like Asuka uh, or unfortunate, uh, unfortunate casualties of... So it's a good thing Alexa Bliss has been kind of away and just kind of like doing her little her little Alexa Bliss show, you know, on Raw to keep up appearances. So good for her. I mean, obviously not good for her being injured, but good for her for having a reason to not lose to people uh, who aren't Becky Charlotte and um, Ronda Rousey. So there is that. Well, next we have the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Of course, it is not sponsored by... <laughs> A WWE Hall of Famer, the way Andre the Giant uh, is uh, symbolic of the men's battle royal. Uh, we won't revisit why Fabulous Moolah is not attached <laughs> to this. Uh, other than to say she uh, is is a unsavory. Uh, unsavory. Apparently she was not so fabulous, is, is all that is. No, no, not at all. Just call it the Rockin' um, Robin Battle Royal and, and get it over with, Darren. <laughs> No one ever said an unkind word about Rock and Robin. No one. I don't think anybody said a word about Rock and, and Robin. And that's why. But still, my uh, <laughs> my you point holds call true. It Sin, call it the Cindy Lauper battle. Oh, Robin. for fuck's sake! All right, go go. 
All right, I'll say not. Okay, you can you can not do that because she wasn't actually a wrestler. But um, only thirteen only thirteen women have been announced. So does what mean? What does this mean? Are they going to drag some other women out of the mothballs? Um, <laughs> drag like, them against their will. You get up there, you wrestle, you wrestle. You know, like what about uh, what about Maria? You know, when she's on the roster, she's not advertised for this match. What about Tori Wilson? You know, she competed. Evolution. She competed at the women's uh, the first ever women's Royal Rumble. Do you She's go getting... through all that trouble though to bring a bunch of people from like you know the last ten years, a bunch of women that people haven't seen in a while or since the last Royal Rumble or, or women's battle royal? If it's going to be a kickoff show match though, do you do you buy all these plane tickets to get them there only for them to be on the kickoff show, Darren? Uh, Might be a lot of NXT women filler, is what is what my thought is. I think that it's. I think that that is true too. But do we get a surprise? Do we get like, you know, a Trish Stratus or something, or a Tori Wilson? I don't know. I'd be fine so with it. Who's, yeah, that's fine. Sure. I, but I would. I would be more excited about a bunch of NXT women. That would be cool. Um, but advertised for the match are Dana Brooke, Mickey James, uh, the Riot Squad. Of course, that means Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. Asuka. Who just got kicked? Talk about being kicked down the ladder, Carmella. Yeah, Naomi, only a year Rock. ago, only a year ago, Oscar was uh, was undefeated going into a WrestleMania match against Charlotte Flair and losing. Uh, not only not winning the title, but also losing her streak at uh, WrestleMania to Charlotte Flair, who has been her kryptonite. Jesus fucking Christ, has been her wolfsbane. Uh, because Charlotte Flair has decimated Asuka. But you know what? It was important for Charlotte to have that eighth uh, title run. Uh, though I, I understand. I understand why decisions are made. Sure. Sorry. Who else is in the, who else is in the match? <laughs> wow. That, bitter. Bitter much? Bitter hey, much? Hey, man. I called it out. Um, okay. So Carmella, Naomi, Lana... Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Zelina Vega, and Nikki Cross. Now, who is conspicuously absent? Uh, uh, people who aren't in the women's tag match later on. Well, no, but I mean, the great yes, Kali, but... the great Kali. Is that what you want me to say, dear? <laughs> Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> He is suspiciously <laughs> absent from your list what? of women. <laughs> well, that one popped me. Yes, he's conspicuously absent from living people. Um, is he deceased? Uh, wait, wait, who? Yes. yes. Oh, giant, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought Great Kali passed away. I was about to say, no, the very thought. You hold your tongue. No, I think the Great Kali will live forever. Uh, <laughs> he will st- you will stumble around like Herman Munster forever. <laughs> uh, Macy Evans, where Macy? What's the deal? Oh, where is she? I don't know. That's that's a good question. Um, well, here's the deal: if she were in this match, she would be my pick because, to me, even though they've got a lot going on, and I think it's cool, I think it's cool, but I think it's a little weird that they have so much going on with women between their main event and three women and two belts. Uh, You've also got tag team championships now. I think it's strange 
that they've also got other plans, but and then the other plan being Macy Evans. But I'm excited by that. It's like I've always said, don't have your main event and then everything else. Have your main event. Have your intercontinental title feud. Have a, a meaningful tag title feud. Make it a three-ring circus. That's what makes wrestling good. The undercard has to be as just as good as the main event. So the idea of Macy Evans, even though she's problematic in many ways, it's nice to see the company showing interest in a character and a story and a potential program that has nothing to do with the belt. Sure, sure. Um, no, it, it's confusing. And again, as unknowns, literal unknowns who might just show up in the match. Um, just looking at the the people involved in the match, I would say uh, I would let Oscar win. I, I would say let Oscar win the match. Um, now is the time to rebuild the the Oscar streak, uh, make her a credible threat again, and uh, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Oscar needs to run away and join AEW uh, or uh, or New Japan again. That's that's uh, what I want to say right now. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, I, I'd go with Oscar. She's the only one that I can conceive of winning this thing at this point. So, Well, that's fair. Um, I'm going to go this one. I'm not going to put in a, because we don't allow it. I'm not going to put an official asterisk by this, but I'm going to put an unofficial for the sake of conversation asterisk next to this saying, I'm not going to award myself a point, but I will award myself a pat on the back if Macy Evans somehow ends up in this match and wins it because that's the way I would book it. But much like you picking Oscar on what is announced, that's my official pick. Going with what's announced, I'm going to pick Ruby Riot to win. Ooh. And the reason I'm going to do that is because they trust the Riot squad for some reason. Whenever they need to put Ronda Rousey against somebody credible, they throw Ruby at her. Whenever they need a team to face, like, super team, which was Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda this week on Raw, and a, can they can they be partners one week before they face each other? Who do they pick? They don't pick a random three. They pick the Riot Squad. So I think they trust the ability, the leadership, the maturity, and the wherewithal of, of Ruby Riot. And I think that this might be, because this match doesn't really, really matter, I think that they picked this as sort of a thank you to Ruby for helping the company. This is sort of a, a consolation prize for sorry that you're so far outside the the title scene right now, but you're a hell of a worker, you know? I, uh, nothing would please me more than Ruby Riot winning this, but I'm just saying I, 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 I don't see that happening only because they don't reward uh, good people. Uh, so that, that you're not wrong. That's uh, all. That's all. Assuming they don't add any more matches and we go with this 16 match card after we leave the pre-show, we will start the show with a fatal four way tag team match for the SmackDown live tag team championship. The champions, the Usos take on Ricochet and Aleister Black. Here they are again. Hey, uh, the bar Sheamus and Cesaro. And that long time since making team Shinsuke Nakamura and <laughs> Rusev. The long time since making team. Oh man. Well, I know you hate this match already because uh, Aleister Black and Ricochet are pulling double duty 
I, I want uh, I want uh, Foreigner to uh, <laughs> to re-record Double Vision, but call it Double Duty, and then come out to it. You're gonna really hate the fact that um, Ricochet and Alistair Black are also being inducted into the Hall of Fame 2019 class yeah. to pull triple duty this weekend. Uh, Darren, oh you're, you're going to really, really hate yourself. Uh, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we, we picked... Um, we picked Ricochet and uh, Alistair Black to lose at uh, TakeOver on Friday night. And part of my reasoning was because they were just, they're not going to do NXT anymore. Um, you know, Alistair Black's already been to the top of the mountain there. And we've, we've said there's no space in NXT for has been champions. Uh, so Black's got to get out of there. Ricochet hasn't been to the top of the mountain, but he kind of seems ready for prime time. Uh, together, they're doing. They're having great matches, and they're making a name for themselves. I still don't understand why they ha- are doing it as a team, but they are. And I think that this is their. This completes that ascendancy. I'm going to say that Alistair Black and Ricochet win this match. I agree with that. I agree with all of that. Uh, I, I think even Vince has noticed that the fans really like uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet. Um, and uh, speaking of people who, man, a year ago they were doing this. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, is part of a four-way uh, or, or four corners tag match here, uh, and he was fighting AJ Styles for the championship uh, a year ago. So that's that's very sad. So just another WrestleMania that Shinsuke Nakamura can lose, of course, and uh, that's that. But yeah, I, I mean. Uh, Ricochet and and Alistair Black have so much momentum going into this. It, it'd be kind of silly to just have the Usos retain. Like no one wants to see that, you know. And, and I like the Usos, by the way, but they they need to not be champion for a while. That's all. Yeah, they they don't need those belts anymore. No. Black and Ricochet need them. I think this needs to be a a coronation. We're watching their rise from week to week. Now it's time for the coronation. Sure. So. Um, the bar, I, I, I like the bar. I know you don't love the bar. Um, you always but, say that. I like the bar just fine, Darren. It's always true. You don't like the bar. You hate them. No, no, but I, I do think at this point, if they were to break up and feud with each other, I think now so much time has passed that it would actually be like, whoa, these two all of a sudden breaking up. So I, I'm ready for Sheamus and Cesaro to return to singles competition now. I think it would shake things up in both the heavyweight title scene uh, and also like the uh, the intercontinental U.S. title scene. So that's all. Uh, fair enough. I, fingers crossed that the bars stay together. I like them together. The, speaking of the intercontinental scene, uh, the championship will be defended by Bobby Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley, Whereas he takes on the demon Finn Balor. Now, what do you think about this? What do you think about the demon? What do you think about them trotting out the demon? I thought the demon was super. It was a SummerSlam ex- exclusive. Darren, is that not what happened? No, no. I, I guess they they. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh, okay. They don't know what to do with Finn Balor, and so I think they thought they did, which was. I know what to do, not the demon. And since that wasn't really working, they're like, I know what to do. 
the demon. Sure, sure. I mean, I'm already tired of this whole Finn Balor, um, uh, Bobby Lashley feud. I was, I've been tired of it ever since it started, so I, I don't care uh, what happens. I mean, Finn Finn Balor had the IC Championship for five seconds uh, after he won it from uh, the team of Leo Rush and, and uh, uh, Bobby Lashley. So the fact that Lashley has it back all of a sudden and going into this, I mean, I feel like it makes sense that Finn Balor wins, and I'll say that Finn Balor will win this match. He has to, otherwise Finn Balor, especially as the Demon King, can't get it done, that it's kind of like, well, then that's not a credible threat anymore. So I'll go, right. I'll, I'll go with Finn Balor wins the title back, sure. Same here, and pretty much for the same reason. If the Demon can't do it, then... What what is Finn Balor even worth to the WWE anymore? Hashtag if wrestling were real, right. why would they employ a guy who can't win even when he pulls out all the stops? Sure, sure. Um, all right. Well, we're both going with Finn Balor, the demon, which, hey, a WrestleMania entrance for the demon, it, it's going to be good, right? It's got to be good. So that's exciting to me. <laughs> that, 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 that'd be 20 minutes well spent at, at an already overcrowded WrestleMania. Hey, I don't. I don't. He's gonna that, crawl that, all the way down that ramp, Darren. It's gonna take a while. I'm just saying. That is gonna take. <laughs> um, and the, at least at WrestleMania 33, they knew to have Undertaker come up from the from mid ramp instead of walking all the way down that giant goddamn runway. We would still be waiting for him to get to the. Well, at least that way uh, he would have lost to Roman Reigns yet. So that um, that's neat. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. I, I tell you what, though, as far as uh, WrestleMania goes, if we haven't said it before and we don't say it again, let me take this moment to say one of the best parts of WrestleMania is taking truly taking the time, the effort, the energy, the uh, and the the incredible expense that WWE goes to to make some of these entrances truly larger than life. You mean um, Triple H's entrances, right? Well, some of them. And then some of them he just rides a motorcycle, and that's not impressive. Or just holds up a bunch of T-800 Terminator heads and then quickly puts them down. And then uh, he, he comes, oh, out, he comes out to Metallica for about 10 seconds and then just comes out to his regular theme. And it's always a little confusing with Triple H, but uh, whatever. It, it is. Uh, I saw a clip on WWE.com where for no re- seemingly no reason, there's got to be one, and I'm curious what it is, uh, there's a two-minute clip of Triple H and Stephanie going to Malibu yesterday, right in the middle of WrestleMania week. Right in the middle, they, they flew. Instead of going from Washington, D.C. to New York City, they went from Washington, D.C. to Malibu to meet with Rick Rubin. Now, if that had been any other time during the year, it would just be like a goodwill mission because Rick Rubin's a WWE super fan and He's a, you know, a well-known entity in another field of entertainment. So here's Triple H and Stephanie trying to schmooze and make connections. Why are you going to do it like three day, three or four days before WrestleMania? They're very busy. To me, that says he's got to have Ruben mixing some kind of music, some kind of new music, or trying to get Ruben to get some musician to get involved with Triple H's entrance. Don't you think that's what that is? Have these people never heard of Skype before? Jesus Christ, save save yourself some time on a plane trip to Malibu. Well, I guess it's, it's, it's Malibu. That's true, that's true. It's Malibu, you gotta go to Malibu. Sure. 
Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, that's not true, folks, but go ahead. <laughs> Wait, what's not true? You don't have to go to Malibu. It's very far away is all I'm trying to say. I, I live I live relatively close to Malibu, and I, I don't want to go there, so that's all. There's nowhere to park. There's nowhere to park. Anyway. Well, it's very far away from me, but I would go. If I had WWE's checkbook, I would go. <laughs> Next up on the card at WrestleMania 35, the showcase of the Immortals. We have Immortals like Nia Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> showcase of the Unfortunately Immortal. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> take two. Women's Tag Team Championship uh, is being defended by Bailey and Sasha Banks against uh, the Divas of Doom, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Beth Phoenix, uh, talking about shaking off some mothballs. Also taking on the Iconics and the team of Nia Jax and Tamina. It is a fatal four-way for the Tag Team Championship, something we've already seen on this night, only this time it's from... The women, and maybe Bailey will remember that they are the women's tag team champions and not simply the tag team champions, um, as she has been mistakenly calling them over and over recently. Uh, Bailey's having a very hard time remembering her lines, and it's very uncomfortable to watch her do so. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I don't know how to call this match because. I, if I were booking, I'd put them on the Iconics. You know, really ramp up how heel they are and then push them as heels, man. Just push them as dirty, nasty heels. Um, I don't think you put it on Beth Phoenix and Natalia, not even as a, hey, hey, because Beth Phoenix <laughs> is not going to stick around long enough to defend them, right? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Um, uh, no, th 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 that, that is a big question. How long is Beth Phoenix around for? And the fact that you throw in Tamina and Nia Jax and the Iconics really takes away from the fact that Beth Phoenix is wrestling in this match. It should have just been Sasha and Bailey versus uh, Natalia, uh, Nightheart, and, and uh, Beth Phoenix. And you should have just left it at that. Iconics, I mean, I'm very surprised they're in this match and not just in the women's uh, non-Andre uh, <laughs> Battle Royal. Um, Vince must really like them for them to be in this match. And also, I mean, Tamina and, and Nia, I feel like they, they had their chance, they lost, they need to move on. You know what I mean? Um, if you weren't going to put the belt on them, then you know don't think about doing it now. Again, it, this should just be about Beth Phoenix. Oh, Beth Phoenix is back! So just let's just have a regular tag match between... Sasha, uh, with Sasha and Bailey versus Beth and, and Natalia. But if you I must, agree. if you must make a fatal four way out of this, um, who wins again? How long is Beth Phoenix around for? She might just be exhibition, uh, in which case it's a fatal four way, so it's anyone's game. But I have a feeling they're gonna put on Nia and Tamina. Oh, wow, you know, I would go that way as well, but I. Naya and Tamina are such an interesting... Uh, they're not interesting, but they're, <laughs> they're confusing. Let me say that. They're a confusing pair. They're a wonderful, because, delightful, well, they're not wonderful or delightful. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I don't think they're interesting. I guess it's interesting meaning they're confusing, but confusing is a better word, so let me change it to confusing. They're confusing. They're confusing to me because we know WWE 
really likes Nia Jax and they want to push her real hard for no reason. And they feel, or their track record has shown, <laughs> their track record has shown they feel the exact opposite about Tamina. Right. So putting them together makes it problematic to ever choose them uh, as as to, to win a match because I can't imagine somebody going, yes, move forward with a Tamina victory, even if she is attached to Nia Jax. And in fact, I think that's going to, I think that's going to influence me here to not go with them because I just can't imagine Tamina having her arm raised at WrestleMania. She's been misused for a decade. Well, maybe it's time for her to get her just rewards now, Darren. Um, it's you got to remember also, you know, it's WrestleMania. The bad guy sometimes wins. And I think this might be one of the occasions where the bad guy does win. So I, I, I would say Tamina and, and what's her name? <laughs> Naya. Well, I'm going to go with Bailey and Sasha to retain. Whoa! Whoa! Um, only because I don't think Beth Phoenix is going to wrestle a bunch. I don't even think she's going to wrestle another month. I think this is a, a one-off match. Um, I could be totally wrong. This might be the, the era of Natty and Beth, but... Um, as much as I would like the Iconics to win it, I don't think they will. So that leaves me going with Bailey and Sasha um, simply because I cannot, I really can't imagine Tamina having a WrestleMania victory. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, next up, we have the United States Championship on the line Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio? Question mark? Did it change his name to Rey Mysterio? Question mark? That's interesting. Uh, yes, it is true. Rey Mysterio did suffer an injury, I believe an ankle injury, on Raw in his match uh, against Baron Corbin. Uh, bad timing. The week of WrestleMania, you get injured and you're in a title match. That's that's not cool. And I was kind of looking forward to this. Darren and I talked about how um, <laughs> how disproportionate wow. these two are to each other. I believe we... Uh, Made quite a few jokes about that. Um, oh God, who listens to this show after dumb rants like that one? But I know one person who listens uh, because there's Jared Hill, a uh, good friend of ours and friend of the show, who mentioned to me that the moment you said Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones <laughs> versus Peter Dinklage from Infinity War. <laughs> He almost had to pull, pull his car over to the side of the road. <laughs> well, God, God bless you, Jared. God bless you. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was looking forward to the actual match going down. I, I enjoy both of these guys uh, as, as wrestlers. I'm not a huge fan of Rey Mysterio because I've never found him interesting. But I've, I've always respected him, uh, his abilities as a wrestler. Samoa Joe I love. I love Samoa Joe on the microphone. I love Samoa Joe in the ring. Uh, credible threat no matter who he's fighting. Um, so I wonder who Ray's replacement is. Because if you admit that you're injured, they don't let you wrestle. That's just the way it is. They're not going to say like, okay, Ray, just just go ahead and do this one match. And then you can you know do whatever after Mania. Like, no, th that's not going to happen. So who is the replacement going to be? Especially with John Oliver uh, on, oh, on watch. Oh, it's true. Maybe John Oliver will replace... Rey Mysterio and fight Samoa Joe, or maybe maybe they'll get they'll get uh, Beck Bennett uh, from SNL or Kyle Mooney 
uh, or Leslie Jones or someone to replace oh, God. him. Anybody but Kyle Moon. Hey, Anybody hey, hey. He says, he says the nicest things about you, Darren. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't even know who I am, so I doubt that. Oh, uh, well, he might know who I am. But that's another story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, so it's, it's this match we can't even call because it's probably not even going to happen. So I guess so. Why don't we just, just just we just don't call this one? Yeah, we have to mention that that that's what's going on though. So that is that. John Cena though, uh, like I said before, I think John Cena versus Samoa Joe is a better match. Um, again, the whole U.S. title, the U.S. Open, that whole deal. And Cena has nothing to do. Maybe he'll be the replacement. We shall see. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, you got John Cena with nothing to do. You got The Undertaker with nothing to Samoa do. Samoa Joe versus Taker. Like, like 10 years ago, that would have been a phenomenal match. Not now. Not The Undertaker now. You also, also, but the thing about it, though, with Cena, no opponent, no Taker opponent, no Elias opponent. Right. Uh, just, just, just give me Sting versus Undertaker. That's all I want to say. That that one's not gonna happen. Just give me Sting versus Undertaker. Have Elias come out, and then you hear the Undertaker's music. The Undertaker comes out, choke slams Elias, tombstones Elias, and people think, well, that's Undertaker's match. That's it. Lights go out. All of a sudden, you hear the Sting music from you know 1996, The Crow Sting. Sting walks to the ring. The place would go volcanic, baby. It would explode. And I just want to see these two look at each other in the ring, and that would be it. The match would be awful. Five minutes of horrible, horrible wrestling. I don't care. I just want to see these two in a ring together. Well, two two things quick, quickly before we move on. Sting's there. I know. You know. I know. That's the worst part. He is there because they unveiled uh, the new uh, statue of the immortals uh, today at, in uh, WWE Access, a Roddy Piper statue, which will be joining Ric Flair, Andre the Giant, and Bruno San Martino, I think. Uh, I think Roddy Piper's the fourth one, brought Roddy Piper's family there. And then I was curious who they had in the ring with uh, to celebrate. It was Brutus Beefcake, Jimmy Hart, Sting and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I want to. I want to party with them. <laughs> yeah, I want to go hit up a bar with those guys. So, so there, there you go. Sting's there on WWE's dime, I'm sure. So put him on the show. Put him on the show. Secondly, if Mysterio is on the show, you know uh, he loves to do the like gimmick, uh, like super gimmicky referenced gear. With Spider-Man uh, Far From Home uh, trailers everywhere, why not Rey Mysterio come out as Mysterio? You've got a good point there. You've got a very good point there. I, I feel like at one point he did have a, a Mysterio uh, type of really? outfit. Yeah. I mean, just, just, just like the, the green, like, you know, the, the, the green netting or whatever, like, that looks like Mysterio. So he, he, may, he, may, have, he may have treaded that water before, but... I, that would be awesome. I, 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 do, I do see what you're saying. So we're talking about a match that's not going to happen. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see who's, who Rey Mysterio's replacement is, uh, and that'll be that. Next up in a falls count anywhere match, which means this is time for Shane McMahon to fall. Um, <laughs> which means a falls count everywhere match. 
I almost called him Full McMahon. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Full McMahon. Full McMahon. They might as well. I, I, they might as well. I mean, that's a Freudian slip if ever, ever there were one. Right, right. Um, okay, so Shane McMahon. <laughs> Full McMahon. Oh my god. Shane McMahon and the Miz in the most, pr- literally, literally the most predictable uh, match of all time, and not in a good way, not in a cool way, not in a finally kind of way, but in a, the moment they got together, I said, this, they're getting together so they can break up and have a WrestleMania match. Sure. No, like, no, absolutely. Geez. And I'm not, yeah, exactly. You said the same thing, and so did everyone else. I mean, I, I'm no great prognosticator. This was so telegraphed, it was nauseating well you, um, you 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 call this a false cut anywhere match but really it's a who gives a shit match <laughs> and baron corbin's not even in it oh wow wow <laughs> you've done more you've done far more damage to baron corbin than i ever could darren beasley i think that's the second or third time you've said that and it's not true uh, <laughs> So, uh, Fall McMahon and The Miz are going to wrestle in a full-out <laughs> everywhere match. And uh, The Miz is going to win because a victorious, a victorious heel Shane O'Mac after falling to his near death, winning, uh, or I started with victorious there, uh, is, the, is no bueno. So I'm picking the Miz. Well, you do have the newest uh, episode of Miz and Mrs. debuting uh, after Mania, which, by the way, Alistair Black and Ricochet will be on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Replace Miz and Maurice. <laughs> and, and it'll still be called Miz and Mrs., but it'll be starring Ricochet and Alistair Black. Oh my god, yes. Which one? I wonder which one of them is going to be French, and which <laughs> one of them is going to be pregnant. <laughs> They'll call it Ricky and Alistair. No, no, oh. Ricky and Allie. Ricky and Allie. Are you sure that's not a uh, a, a a women's buddy detective show? <laughs> Starring that was like Kaki and Lacey. Yeah, yeah. The, the, starring uh, Ricky Lake and Kirstie Alley. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Ricky Alley. Oh, they they really missed it on that one, Darren. That should have existed way back when. It's about two detectives who rapidly gain and lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> That, that that is beautiful, and I want that show to exist now. Maybe Netflix will pick it up, Darren. <laughs> like they pick everything else up. So, so, so Miz, Miz for you as well, or yeah, you haven't, um, yeah, you haven't yeah. said anything except about this this uh, <laughs> Netflix series with uh, Ricky Lake and Kirstie Alley. Because that's far more interesting than this match is. I'm just gonna say, yeah, the Miz wins. Moving on. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, okay. The detectives um, that rapidly gain weight. Rapidly. Ra- <laughs> That's so funny. 
Uh, no one can gain and lose weight as rapidly as those two. Hey, hey, so, it's tough. It's tough. We're, we're two big guys. We, we we know it's tough. But those those two are like known for their weight gain. So and loss. I, I'm, I'm and saying loss. and loss. I'm saying they can lose it just as rapidly as they gain it. They're they're inhuman. <laughs> um, and I don't mean Black Bolt and Medusa. Oh wow. And, uh, Medusa, I don't mean a Lundra Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. All right, all right, all right. See, it all does come back to wrestling. Um, Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin, and here's your who gives a shit match, because <laughs> this is a everybody should give a shit match. Kurt Angle's farewell match, and this time I believe it. <laughs> that statement's funny. Uh, this time, I believe it, which indicates that this is not his first farewell match because it no, was not. Yeah. Nor is, anyone's, nor is anyone's farewell their farewell. Um, but I think this will be. Uh, I think that Kurt Angle is Kurt Angle is in a lot of pain. He can barely stand up straight. He can barely walk. His head and his neck are enormous compared to the rest of his body. And now that he is clean and sober, I think that every little ache and pain is, is reaching his brain. I, you know, it's no longer stifled and tamped down by uh, an abundance of painkillers or alcohol uh, or other non-prescription drugs. And because he can feel how bad of a shape his body really is in. I think he, this is a true a true farewell match. Not just the WWE. I don't think he's going to like, oh, farewell WWE. Okay, I'm going to go sign with Impact because I'm obsessed. You know, I'm addicted to wrestling. I really think No, no, good. that would never happen twice. Uh, no, you're right about that, Darren. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Kurt Angle has done a lot for wrestling, not just for WWF slash E, but also for Impact Wrestling as well. He's got nothing more to prove, nothing else to do. He is a legend, and he is one of the greats and will always will be. So, I mean, if he's in pain, he needs to go ahead and just kind of cut it. He needs to go ahead and, and call it a day. Um, no one's going to fault him for that. I do hate the fact that he's been with the company. WWF had him for a year, and they did nothing with Kurt Angle. You had him back, and you did nothing with him as far as wrestling goes. You made him a, a, yep. a half-competent GM who was the butt of many jokes. Um, it's just he could have had some really good matches on the way out. Instead, he had this last year, and now his final opponent in WWE is going to be Baron Corbin, which no one is happy about. So, Right. Well, they did the same thing to Sting. You mentioned you mention it all the time. Oh, sure. So that's another perfect example. Is They had Sting for a couple of years. Hell, they've still got Sting now. If they wanted him, you know, he's not going to appear on every episode of Raw. But if you wanted him for a WrestleMania match or even a SummerSlam match, I can guarantee you he would spill some ink on a contract. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of Sting and, you know, WCW, and you said perfect. <laughs> WCW had Bret Hart and Kurt Hennig under contract at the same time and did nothing with them. You could have put them together to do a fucking amazing program. For like the for any for anything for for no belt for the U.S. belt for the fucking WCW Heavyweight Championship belt, it irks me looking back. Sorry, I've been watching old wrestling lately, and 
I thought about well, that. But anyway. Uh, uh, I, no need to apologize. <laughs> I, uh, as our Instagram followers know, I have been reading Guy Evans's Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW. And boy, it is a tome. It is a monstrous, almost 600-page book. I thought it was actually written by Stephen King for a minute. Um, <laughs> Does a, a large lobster creature attack in the end? Because that's the end of every Stephen King novel. Um, yeah, but actually, it's WCW, so it may happen. So keep reading, Darren. Keep reading. You're, you're right. Uh, I'm 100 pages in, and let me tell you, uh, as friend of the show and longtime listener Tom Breen uh, alerted me when I uh, first bought the book, Tom Breen said... It's everything you ever did and did not want to know about those last few years of WCW. Um, and that's true. I mean, this is a veritable moment-by-moment moment recollection of, like, a five-year period. And, and I love it. But, you know, we don't have this uh, podcast because we don't love wrestling. So I can never know too much about wrestling. Sure. But anyway, as the books – as as the book has already stated, and I'm sure will state much, much more as we get to that inevitable collapse portion of the book, um, you're, there's going to be stuff like that. There's going to be stuff where I'm sure Guy Evans says, Kurt Hennig, Bret Hart, and they're doing nothing. They're just sitting in the back shadow of, of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. No, 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 no. To totally, totally accurate. And obviously, I, I just basically said that. But also, shout out to Tom Breen. I'm sure a lot of our hashtag dear listeners who have competed against him in uh, Royal Rumble contests all just gave out like a a, a con esque Breen. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're our arch nemesis, Tom Breen. But shout out to you, Tom Breen. Uh, hashtag dear listener and uh, hashtag friend of the show. Moving on. Did you? So who was your pick? You didn't pick a winner for this match. I have to pick a winner for this match. <laughs> Does Kurt Angle do the right thing as wrestlers are supposed to do and go out on your back? Or does he get that last moment in the sun where he actually gets to raise his arm at WrestleMania? Oh, give him a moment in the sun. If it means Baron Corbin going over on Angle, like... Baron Corbin, they just got through blaming for poor ratings on Raw. Uh, even though it was their own dumbass decisions. Like, I, I don't see Baron Corbin winning the match against Kurt Angle. I'm going to say Kurt Angle wins. All right. Well, I'm going to say that Baron Corbin wins uh... because I think that Kurt Angle is the kind of guy who wants to do the right thing. And he's old school enough uh, that he wants to go out on his back. I can, I can just feel it. I can, you know, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Uh, me and Phil Collins. And, uh, <laughs> that song is about this match. He knew. <laughs> he knew eventually. I also think that that regardless of how um, a lot of people feel, Vince and friends are all about Baron Corbin. So a Baron Corbin heel victory here uh, is not something I think that they're opposed to. So Vince and friends. I think that's what we're going to get. Vince and friends. Does that cartoon come on after Garfield and friends? <laughs> yes and Vince also doesn't move his mouth he just telepathically speaks like Garfield does <laughs> that I believe he also hates Mondays because he has to work 
Uh, so I, I but he loves lasagna. Uh, he loves lasagna. Don't let him fool you. Steroid laced lasagna. <laughs> oh man, nothing is more delicious looking in the world, by the way, than Garfield eating lasagna. It makes me want lasagna right now. It makes you wonder how his hands ever get really messy from eating lasagna with his hands. It just it can't be done with fur covered hands. Uh, cartoons are way faker than this wrestling shit, Darren. <laughs> Fur-covered paws that don't have thumbs. That's true. That's just, that's just hairy shovels. Yeah, that's true. That's damn true. See, we brought it back to wrestling again. There we go. There we go. So the uh, the match they just announced, uh, it's just upon us. Didn't know that it was coming. Thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> but it, It's a good start. It's not a joke. Okay. It's the Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Revival, who are the Raw Tag Team Champions, are defending against the team of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Now, it's the Edgeheads way too late, right? And not that the Edgeheads were of any consequence when they were new, but, uh, I mean, Zack Ryder... Like, Kurt Hawkins has built a gimmick on being a bad wrestler, and Zack Ryder has built a gimmick on being a bad wrestler? <laughs> right. I don't know what Ryder and Hawkins are supposed to represent in 2019. I don't like the idea of them winning gold at WrestleMania. We already had to suffer through Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental title uh, at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas for no reason. Now three years of m- mediocre meandering and non-appearances later, we have to do it again for Zack Ryder? I mean, bless his heart, I don't mean him any ill, like, as far as his personal life, and if he wants to collect a paycheck for doing nothing, that's fine, but don't let him collect a paycheck for doing nothing and then force me to watch him become a champion at the Showcase of the Immortals again. And the reason that I'm so outraged is because that's what's going to happen. And it's all going to be one big joke to put the belt on Hawkins because this will be him snapping his losing streak. Well, no one has ever uh, said the word joke in the same breath uh, as any of these teams competing, Darren. Uh, (laughs) Revival have been well-respected from the start since they joined Raw. Uh, Zack Ryder, of course, same thing. And uh, Kurt Hawkins has definitely not been a mockery. Um, no, I, I think um, the, the whole Kurt Hawkins lose streak uh, was interesting in that he had a losing streak and they kept talking about it. And obviously it was because eventually you're going to have to want the guy to win a match, right? But ever since they attached Zack Ryder to him, it kind of takes away from if he does win. Because it means he's not winning on his own, which isn't that what that's all about? So yes. So for them to pour this much effort into a Kurt Hawkins uh, storyline, only to kind of, kind of water down the ending of it, um, it's not going to be like a Cinderella story type of deal, which it could be because who else was built up in this way, you know, to be such a loser? And then oh, WrestleMania big moment finally. When you, as soon as you attach someone else to it, you know, let alone Zack Ryder, you, you've killed it. You, you've already, like I said, watered down uh, the the moment. You know what I mean? It's not like Rocky 
You know, or he, he did it. He went the distance. It's like, well, no, it's just he won a, mat, mat, a tag match. And that's kind of it. Uh, poor The Revival. I mean, I, again, I don't know why they can't just let them have the belts for a long time and, and build them up because they are an awesome tag team. But, oh, no, Aleister Black and Ricochet can do cartwheels. So who gives a fuck about The Revival, I guess, is kind of the mentality here, right? Uh, it is uh absolutely and i don't think that should be that way no uh, if i were booking this ma- i wouldn't put this match on the on the card personally um although i would be ashamed of myself for letting the raw tag team championships not be defended um because there is no story here there's no nothing here uh it's just like what okay what are you doing but 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 if i'm booking and i'm putting this match here I'm having the Revival win because it gives them or allows them to retain a sense of legitimacy that you just said they're going to lose if they lose the belts. Um, That way they retain it. And then you turn this loss into like Kurt Hawkins hoping that bringing Zack Ryder in would help him lose the or end the losing streak. Instead, even that can't help. And then it turns into a Hawkins Ryder feud, which might be pretty good. And then that's where Hawkins finally gets his win is going over Zack Ryder. Sure, I, I can I can see that 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 that's good booking. I mean, I don't. I, do you care about these two fighting on an already over bloated raw Not card? At all. No, no, no. Not but at all. but I guess if you want to give these guys something to do, I mean, I would just you know fire them because there's a lot better people that'd rather watch <laughs> wrestle. But if you must keep them employed for whatever reason, then yeah, I can see that happening. But uh, no, I want the revival to win. How about uh, how about the tag team titles uh, stay on tag teams, and you stop putting two singles people together because you don't know what the fuck to do with them because you don't know how to book your show. Uh, how about that? How about that? Yeah, how about that? How about that? How about that? Do we? Um... <laughs> so, so, are you picking the revival? Yeah, because I don't want the other two to win. Uh, I really don't. Uh, revival all the way. Okay, well, that is, uh, we got a lot, we picked a lot different here. So uh, it's going to be one of those, it's going to be, wow, yeah, we picked a lot different so far. Um, And we're about two-thirds of the way through this card. Next up, we have AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. And this match is, to me, a classic WrestleMania match. This is like, the match that you would see on WrestleMania one through 10, which is just two top stars, no belts, not a real actual story, but just pure competition between two decorated celebrated, uh, performers happening on a grand stage in that way. I dig it on an overbloated card. And Randy Orton being a competitor, I don't really care about. I just say, scrub the match. Wow. Um, wow. But that's only from that perspective. The other perspective, I think, actually outweighs it, which is, yes, go ahead and have a traditional WrestleMania feel to a match, which is just it's the showcase of the Immortals. This is where we do it. This is where we showcase the fucking immortals like you know we we take the titans and we put them in a ring and we say go 
Sure, that this is good old-fashioned name versus name, you know, exhibition uh, and perfect place for it is WrestleMania. Again, because it isn't really for any accolades, it is kind of like, well, do we need this match? But I like it. I think the build-up for it's been great because these two guys haven't really interacted at all. Uh, you know, I mean, a little bit, but not not to the extent that a lot of these uh, matchups are already overdone before the goddamn pay-per-view match, you know. This one was built up just the right way. Very little physical contact over the last few months between these two guys. Um, and, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Randy Orton. Everyone knows that. But I, I do, again, think he's a competent wrestler. And I do think this would be a good match uh, and a good matchup. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, question is, who goes over? That's actually a really tough call. Um, this one I could flip a coin only because either or. Again, there's nothing at stake. What's the future of this matchup after WrestleMania? Is there one? Um, in which case, I think uh, I think Orton's in the, the phase of his career where he puts everyone else over. So I, I'm going to say AJ Styles wins. So, Well, you know, a lot of times when uh, one of us is sort of talking and stammering a little bit and trying to decide, it seems like the other one of us is always sitting there ready with a like a, an actual reason. Uh, or something to combat. I don't, that's not this time. I, <laughs> I like you have no idea. I can flip a coin. Um, but I, 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 I find myself agreeing with you here. I think that AJ Styles would look better as the winner than Orton would. I think uh, that Styles would look worse as the loser than Orton would. And I sure. think for that reason, AJ uh, will win the match. I think AJ's at the part of his career, honestly, maybe not his WWE career, but his career as a whole, that I think he's kind of in the same place as Orton. So it's not necessarily that Orton owes AJ anything or even owes the business more than AJ does. But I think that an AJ loss here, just it just hurts AJ more than it hurts Orton. Randy Orton is fucking Teflon. And I mean, his losses never mean anything. And like they, they just don't stick. And I, <laughs> that's very true. You know, he'll yeah. bounce right back. Whereas I think AJ uh, losing to Orton would cause a lot of people to pause and reflect and maybe just start to doubt AJ overall. I hope that the office looks at it that way and makes the same choice that we did. Sure. I agree. And it looks like we both uh, agree on this one that AJ probably will win. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, in another match of two titans with no belt on the line and some buildup, but minimal, uh, is the is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Well, reasonably, not a lot of buildup because no one thought Roman Reigns was going to be wrestling uh, anytime again, uh, let alone anytime soon, let alone WrestleMania ready. Um, so having him on the card obviously makes sense. If Roman Reigns is cleared, then yeah, get him on WrestleMania. He was champion not too long ago. He's, he's one of the big stars, like it or not. Um, but yeah, he's fighting Drew McIntyre. And this is, I, it's unfortunate there wasn't a buildup because I actually mentioned before that I would like to see a McIntyre Roman Reigns program. So this one's a little rushed, but you know, we get the match. So that'd be kind of cool. Uh, McIntyre is a phenomenal wrestler, especially for his size. So it's going to be nice to see him uh, hopefully teach Roman Reigns some new tricks as another big man, from big man to big man. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's something we haven't seen. So let's do it. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good match. I think that Drew McIntyre, um, I think this is a nice match for Drew McIntyre. I think that facing Roman Reigns is going to get him, uh, I, I think it's going to get him a good amount of heat and a good amount of pop um, or overall just good heat, um, depending on the perspective, because he draws it naturally. Um, he's going to be standing across the ring from Roman Reigns, who is still controversial uh, and, and still uh, divisive uh, in, in terms of the WWE universe, the, the cheering or booing fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think we're, I think we're reaching that statute of limitations on when are we allowed to boo Roman Reigns. I think it's already coming. <laughs> oh, the fans can't all- wait. They can't wait, Darren. They're salivating. I really do think it's starting to come around again. Um, but here's my, uh, my, the thing that I'm very happy about, which is that McIntyre is getting this moment. He's getting the spotlight. He deserves it. And I think that win, lose, or draw, this means big things for, uh, Drew McIntyre. What it does is it, the first thing it makes me think of is the relationship between McIntyre and Ziggler. And then I think Ziggler and I think, wait a minute, where is Ziggler? Then I think. Where is Kevin Owens? Then I think, where is Dean Ambrose? And now all of a sudden, I'm looking at a card with 16 matches, multiple multi-man matches, multiple multi-tag team matches, and a battle royal. And three of the top stars in the company, Ambrose, Ziggler, and Owens, are not on it. Also, where is Big E and Xavier Woods? Okay, sure, they can come stand at ringside when Kofi Kingston fights, but, like, you're talking about two out of the last three WrestleManias where Xavier Woods and Big E don't have matches? Yeah, because, like, yeah, like, like again, we they again we, we mentioned they hosted 33 and did not participate. I mean, I you know, Kevin Owens has gone on social media and he's saying that, like, his WrestleMania moment will be his two-hour autograph signing at Access. Um, and so to watch out because he's going to make an impact. And so like, what does that mean? Is, are we looking at a 17th match in the making? Like, you know, what's, what's going to happen here? How God, is I hope not. Making? God, I hope yeah. not, Darren. But I mean, they, you think about like, uh, you think about Ali being fucked over by Kofi's, uh, rise to power. Look at Owens. Owens was supposed to do it before Kofi or Ali. You know, he was actually groomed to come back from his injury and do it, and now he's not. So, whether it's a work or a shoot, I uh, I feel bad for Owen. So, see, anyway, see, as as- see you, Kofi fans. He's actually a monster that took away uh, potential earnings for both Ali and Kevin Owens. You feel ashamed of yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, far better than Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston any day. Oh, wow. Okay. Well. All right. So, but we're talking about Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. I say Roman Reigns has to win. Roman Reigns has to win, right? Yes. <laughs> the end. Yeah, he has to. I mean, we, we use that expression quite a bit on this show, but in this case, doesn't he have to win? Doesn't he have to win? Yeah, McIntyre didn't come back from any uh, 
potentially fatal illnesses. So I think uh, Reigns has to go over. So. Speaking of Daniel Bryan and the WWE Championship, uh, he will be defending it against Kofi Kingston, just like I said. Now, a lot of people are getting all their little nerd boners uh, over this. And <laughs> Damn, all right. They're very, very, very excited about Kofi Kingston as WWE Champion, and I could care less. Wow. I, Kofi Kingston... Kofi Kingston had one shot ever at being relevant as a singles competitor, and it was when he decided not to be Jamaican and revealed that that was a, a gimmick and that he was he was an American, and you know, at the way it's way back like ten years ago or even more when he was feuding with DX. That's back at WrestleMania like, three, Darren. That was right before Hogan. <laughs> Body slammed Andre, yeah. Now, you could have done something with Kofi Kingston as a singles wrestler then. But I don't know. I, the only way I'm going to accept a Kofi victory here, which it's going to happen, by the way. I'm picking Kofi. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I uh, will accept it, or no, I, the only reason I would accept it is... Big E and Xavier have to turn on Kofi. Ah, uh, uh, that, that's the thing. I want like a, 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 a no doubt, you know what I mean, falling out type of thing where, yes. oh, now Kofi's the Gwen Stefani. He doesn't need the rest of the band. Well, fuck you, Gwen. Uh, we helped you get here. Um, that's exactly what I, to me, that, that would be the best part of this entire thing is if it leads to Kofi and the, the New Day breaking up. Um, and then, and then you know the best part about that is, huh? You get a Kofi Xavier singles feud. You get a Kofi Big E singles feud. Oh sure. You can you can ride him feuding with those two all the way to SummerSlam or further. Yeah, yeah, no, like yeah. Re wrestling wrestling storyline wise, it makes a lot more sense for like. Kofi to almost win the belt from Daniel Bryan and like Big E and Xavier turn on Kofi at WrestleMania in his main event match. And because that would basically make everyone forget all about Kofi trying to win the belt. And now it's just a much more interesting story of Big E and Xavier hating Kofi because all of a sudden it's all about Kofi. Like, oh, that would be great. But instead. The fans are not going to be happy unless Kofi Kingston walks out of WrestleMania with that title because him getting to the point where he's at WrestleMania fighting Daniel Bryan for the belt is not enough. You have to go all the way. You have to give him the belt. Otherwise, the fans will have more to complain about. And in this case, you need to go ahead and just get it done so the fans can so you can say it happened. So the fans can kind of go, "Okay, we got our way." And then you can move on to fucking the fans over like you always do, Vince. <laughs> well, that's, see, that's my biggest fear is that is that fucking over the fans because, like I said, the only way I'll be happy at all with a Kofi victory is if his next two feuds are with Woods and with Big E. Um, but if Woods and Big E just stick around as, like, his biggest cheerleaders and he just goes into a feud with, like, AJ Styles or... Drew McIntyre. It's just like I'm not saying those might not be good matches, but as feuds, they're just business as usual. Sure, sure. 
And and nobody then, wants to see that, least of all me. Well, what's it's it's weird because you can't talk about Kofi, and I mean, I say this because if you just look at Facebook and it mentions anything about Kofi Kingston, a lot of people talk about Vince doesn't want Kofi to be champion because he's an African American. Um, and I mean, out of the trio of the New Day, I, I still think Big E is a potential heavyweight champion. Like, I think if you if you do the right stuff with them, get them the fuck out of the New Day. I think he's good enough to be a champion. And it harkens back to like, man, you want to talk about African-Americans who should be champion? Fucking Farouk. When the Nation of Domination was a 40-man staple back in the day, Farouk should have been champion. Farouk and Steve Austin should have been feuding for the belt back in those days. Oh my god. That would have been... To, the hottest WWE title feud that there never was. To me, that was such a missed opportunity uh, back in the day. Which, by the way, Ron Simmons, the first African-American WCW heavyweight champion who became champion under the regime of Bill Watts, who was fired for being a racist. Who actually was actually a racist. That's the, that's the weirdest thing, and only in the world of wrestling would all of that be accurate. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Darren. Uh, but I, again, I go back to the whole, like, this isn't over until it's over, and it's not over until Kofi has the belt. So, Kofi Kingston. All right. Well, we agree on that one. And uh, now we are down, believe it or not, to only three matches left on the card. Oh, and only three hours in. <laughs> in a no-holds-barred match that will see Triple H put his career on the line. His career that I thought was over five or six years. Uh, you, you mean he'll stop acting like uh, a guy who's in DX who breaks the rules that he, he makes because he makes the rules also? Yeah, I mean, right. okay. Well, it depends on what he's wearing. If he's wearing a suit, right. he makes the rules. If he's wearing a leather jacket and he tapes his fists up like he's going to have a match, but he's not going to have a match, <laughs> then it's breaking <laughs> Sure, sure. He's, he's a man of many coats. He's a man of many t-shirts. Evolution, DX. <laughs> uh, it depends on where he is. Yeah, what, what faction am I going to belong to today? Maybe the authority. <laughs> Triple H uh, versus Batista. Batista, of course, coming back on the uh, 70th birthday... Uh, episode of Monday Night Raw, 70th birthday of Ric Flair, I should say. Um, beating up <laughs> Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the 70th birthday of Raw. Not yet. We're getting the... there. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, but uh, Batista beat up Ric Flair on his 70th birthday in order to get Triple H's attention. Um, and I guess it, I guess the point is that Triple H won't return his calls or his emails. Um, and he won't give Big Dave, Daiquiri Dave, he won't give him what he wants, which is, I guess, a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Um, but he's got it, and he's got all the stipulations that he wants. No holds barred, and if Triple H loses, he retires from ring competition permanently. Well, what about Batista? Like, why isn't his career also on the line? Um... And is he just going to wrestle this match? And even if he wins, it'll kind of be like a retirement match because he's not going to stick around. He's not going to be on Raw the next night. He might be on Raw the next night. He's not going to be on Raw two weeks later. Right. Well, it's not like, uh, all right, if I lose Hunter, then I will not be in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. 
Um, <laughs> no, uh, Triple H. Um, I, I actually I love everything about this buildup. By the way, I, I think it's all been done very right. I think you got Batista in there, who's a former champion and someone you have not seen on TV in a long time. And for someone who was referred to as Bootista the last time he returned to WWE, uh, people like him a lot now because they love those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, so that that's very interesting. Um, but and they love nose rings. And they love nose rings uh, for sure. So yeah, I love everything about this. The match itself probably won't be great. Uh, let's go ahead and say that Batista has a tremendous amount of ring rust. And also Triple H, uh, we hope his peck holds out. He just had repaired uh, that he hurt. Uh, and Triple H, if he loses, he loses his career. Unless the Saudis want him to wrestle, then he'll come right of retirement pretty quick. Um, that's the, that's the like right. That's the giveaway. Like it should be, it should be an easy pick that Batista wins. But there's no way that they're going to. They're not. First of all, even if they even even if Triple H loses, it's not going to be his last match. But they can't even like to me. You can't even pretend for a little while because he might wrestle as soon as like a month from now. Right. You never know. It just million dollar man said it. Every man's got a price. <laughs> um, and Triple H's is I guess any any amount anywhere anytime. Sure. Um. So what what do you do like? Batista can't lose this match, can he? He can, because can he? he probably is, right? I mean, there's not really reason to put Batista over Triple H. But why do you put Triple H over now? I, it's so it's it's not pointless. it's not what I want or what I'd book, but because you add it's the caveat. It's a baked potato with no salt on it. Yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, you had the caveat of, like, oh, Triple H hangs up his wrestling boots. And it's like, no, because he's he's got to wrestle again in Saudi Arabia. That's just the way it is. Um, so why even say that? Um, because of that, Batista, this might be his only, you know, one-off uh, bridging his... his He's got a good career in Hollywood. There's no reason to return to active wrestling in WWE. Uh, so I'm going to say Batista kind of returns and just he loses. That's it. Okay. Well, I have up until this pick, I have been saying to myself for many days, many weeks, really, that Batista would win this. But with the career stipulation, I'm going to have to change my mind and I'm going to go with Triple H as well. Yeah. Now we have our two big titles on the line, our final two matches of the evening. In the penultimate match, Brock Lesnar, the universal champion, will defend the fruit roll-up belt against the beast slayer, Seth Rollins. And I'm going to pick Seth Rollins. Me too. Moving on. We've said this before. If uh, Seth Rollins does not defeat Brock Lesnar, then they are officially out of bodies to throw at Brock Lesnar. The only thing I can see happening is Seth Rollins loses to Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns' music hits. And Roman Reigns comes out and challenges Lesnar on the spot and Roman Reigns goes over on Lesnar. To me, that's fine, because it's like hitting the reset button. 
Because Reigns had the belt before he was diagnosed. You know, you're basically just getting it back to where it was. And that would only work because it's WrestleMania. So I'd be okay with that. Otherwise, sure, just somehow Rollins goes over on Lesnar. Not because I'm a huge fan of Rollins by any stretch of the imagination, but because I'm just so over Lesnar holding that belt. A belt that I don't even give a shit about because Lesnar has held it for so long. So I don't care about the belt either for that reason. I don't care about Lesnar for that reason. But I don't really care enough about Seth Rollins for him to be the champion. Um, I just don't care about what they've done with the very top uh, of Monday Night Raw for quite some time, um, excluding Ronda Rousey. And I think that, yeah, they did put the cart before the horse. Uh, they counted their chickens before they were hatched. Uh, and they made the concept of this being a women's main event before they realized they could pull it off. Well, I think that they got very lucky in pulling it off because this match does matter. We're going to talk about it in a second. But the actual main event, turns out, does actually seem to matter more than either the Universal Championship or the WWE Championship. And so it feels like not only is this the quote-unquote right time to have a women's main event, it's the best match. Um, and it's the most intriguing match, and it has a lot of the best elements of the of the company in 2019, and it has a lot of the best elements of pro wrestling, period, in it. Well, sure. Well, the well, things- then, well, 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 fuck it, Darren. Let's, we, we said Rollins should win. Let's That's it. We're done. Okay. Let's move on Fair to enough. the women's main event match. <laughs> okay. Fair women's. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me say one last thing. Okay, okay. Ron- okay. I support the career of Lesnar. Uh, but fuck Brock Lesnar right now. Um, sure, sure. Uh, I agree with The structure that. of his career and what they've allowed him to do is not intriguing. It's not enticing. And it's not interesting. It's garbage. Um, I think the first person who would agree with us if, it, if, if in real life would have to be Paul Heyman. There's no way at the end of the day that Heyman thinks this is good wrestling booking. He is too smart of a wrestling booker to, to think that what they've done with Lesnar for the last couple of years is a good idea. It's not moving on. Absolutely agree with you. With that, we're talking about the main event of WrestleMania 35, the first time ever women's main event at WrestleMania 35, Ronda Rousey defending her Raw Women's Championship title against Charlotte Flair defending her SmackDown Live Women's Championship title, defeating Asuka on SmackDown Live. (laughs) And, of course, the third dance partner in this triple threat match is Becky Lynch, the last kicker, the man, straight foyer, and it is winner take all. Does this mean that they are unifying the women's championship belts, Darren? It should. It should, but it probably won't, will it? I don't know. (laughs) I... It won't forever, but of course nothing is forever in wrestling. That's okay. That Nothing is forever, but I'll take temporary. Wrestling is forever. Thank you, Matt Cross. Um, <laughs> I, I'll take temporarily. I'll take a temporary unification because that to me is what winner takes all means because it gets real sloppy if it's all of a sudden, all right, whoever wins these belts, they defend one belt on one show and one belt on the other show, you know, what does it, when all of a sudden you lose one of the belts, 
don't you become a less credible holder of the other belt? There, there is, there is zero contingency plan if the belts aren't unified, because she'll either be forced to drop one or the other, even though she shouldn't, because it is winner take all, and she, she wins, she keeps all, um, or she will have to have belts on both shows. And just defend the belts on both shows. Uh, I, there, there's a lot of good things about this buildup. It's no, it's not a surprise that it's these three people fighting each other. Uh, no one's surprised by that. Some, some good, some good television on Raw and SmackDown leading up to this. I thought the them all being arrested by the police was half great and half uh, hilarious um, because it kept it kept <laughs> escalating. When you're beating up cops and stuff like that, you always got to be kind of careful with that. Uh, cops who all have guns, by the way, and they're all like, it's all like a big scuffle. They're getting really close to like the the fans who could just go, hey, I had a few beers. Oh, and I got a gun. I'm a cop. And just start shooting. Um, to me, that was like, that was giving me anxiety. I guess I must be getting older because I was like, someone's going to fucking grab that cop's gun and like shoot Ronda Rousey <laughs> in the head, um, which I'm very glad I was wrong about that. But it, every time, like, wrestlers uh, resist arrest, it's like, don't teach people to resist arrest. Like, it, it's shit like that. Um, they're all handcuffed, but they're all still kicking the shit out of each other. Like, like, eventually, like, after literally 20 minutes of that, of them, like, throwing knees and kicking, it becomes very comical. I, I think the, the, the funniest part is when <laughs> Ronda Rousey drives the squad car into the other squad car. And it was like, okay, now it's just, now it's a, a Mel Brooks movie at this point. Um, but uh, Ronda Rousey does get a gnarly knee to the face, compliment to Charlotte Flair, uh, which looked really, really good. Um, I do love the moment where it's Becky and Ronda put in the back of the same squad car, and they both kind of look at each other like, like, no, I still hate you. And they start fighting in the squad car. But it just made the cops look like Keystone cops, uh, which I thought was kind of stupid. Whenever, like, you know, men are, men are you know, men wrestlers are in the ring, you know, mixing it up and they have to call the police. Usually, like, that's enough. They, like, there might be a bit of a scuffle, but once they're in cuffs, like, they're out. Steve Austin is in cuffs. Like, he's escorted out by three police officers. That's enough. It's not, you know, we, we're zany. We don't know what we're doing. Like I said, it was, it was a little much, but I, I did like where they were, what they were trying to do with it. Uh, that being said, the match itself should be very, very good. Uh, Becky Lynch has to win, right? Because she's the only one who has anything to prove because Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair are both already champions. So that means the only one who necessarily has to win this match is Becky Lynch, right? Becky Lynch has to win this match. She is my hope to win. She is my pick to win. She is my logical choice to win. So I can't choose against all three of those things. Um, I'm choosing with wrestling press. I'm siding with precedent. I am am choosing with my head. And I am choosing with my heart. All of the above. So I have to go with Becky Lynch. And I love uh, all three of these people. I, I think Ronda Rousey is great. I think Charlotte Flair is phenomenal. I like Becky Lynch's attitude. Um, I don't think she's a great wrestler. <laughs> I, I think you, um, as, as great as Becky Lynch is on like a microphone or like her attitude of being the man and all that, once the bell rings, you go like, oh yeah, she's just she's just okay as a wrestler. To me. To, to me anyway. Um, but uh, 
wrestling logic dictates uh, you kind of you kind of kofied Becky Lynch because the fans won't accept anything but Becky winning this match basically. So if she doesn't, right. the fans won't be happy. Um, so you you kind of back yourself into a corner there. Also, Charlotte Flair has beaten Asuka, one ending the streak the first time, the second time beating her for her title, in which case, you know, beating Asuka, who beat Becky Lynch in her match at Royal Rumble. Becky went on to win the Rumble later, but Charlotte's already dictated that she can beat Asuka, who can beat Becky Lynch very easily. Why do I think Becky Lynch can beat Charlotte Flair? Uh, there's that. Um, <laughs> so it, it's a mess. There were mistakes that were made, Darren. But Becky Lynch has sure, to win. Lots of, st- lots of mistakes made. But I think that the, the right decisions were made to put Becky in this position and make her that just, she's just, she's rough and tumble and indefatigable and undeniable and she's a woman on a mission, and I think that it's her destiny. This is she, sort of like, uh, you know, we're just getting through uh, NCAA March Madness, and they talk about teams of destiny. I think that Becky Lynch is just uh, a woman of destiny. She she is on a path that almost uh, requires her uh, to have a culmination here in the main event of WrestleMania 35. And uh, that, that's why I feel so strongly about her winning. Sure. Uh, I will say to the uh, three ladies involved, Charlotte, Becky, Rhonda, uh, don't make this historical just because it's historical. Fucking make this match historical. You know? There you go. There you go. So you've got the main event, ladies. You've got the spotlight. You better fucking bring it because you're going to let a lot of people down if you don't. And that That's just the way it is. You want to see another female Main event at WrestleMania, you better fucking go balls to the wall. And Becky, I know you got them. Oh, for sure. And hell, and you know what? Another thing is that if they do, it'll be the first main event in several years that was worth a damn. Sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, what like what what else? Like the last one, the last really good WrestleMania main event was WrestleMania 30, five years ago, when Daniel Bryan uh, overcame all the odds, and he stood victorious at the end of the night, holding two world titles above his head. So maybe we'll get a repeat of that. Five years on, Becky Lynch standing there with two world titles above her head. Um, Anything less, I'm not exactly thrilled about. I I love Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was one of my favorite wrestlers of 2018, but so was Becky. Um, but that I'm just saying I'm not discounting Ronda Rousey or how much I appreciate her uh, professionally and personally. But her winning this match, I don't know if that's good for wrestling because it's all at that point you sort of fulfill that storyline where she's like, I'm from mixed martial arts. I'm from the UFC. We are a superior combat sport. All you have to do is plug one of us in and you see what happens. Look at Brock. Look at me. And I'll, I, so I think WWE does itself a disservice by putting Ronda over in this match. She has plenty of other opportunities to be the champion, to win matches, to be spotlighted. But if they do it here, I think it's a mistake. Right. If they do it with Charlotte, I think it's a mistake. 
because she was the last one to enter this whole equation anyway. And she was, I think she's an equal dance partner now, but she seemed to be uh, just sort of an addendum when they first started putting this match together. I I, so, I, I agree with that. I, I think the big question here is who takes the fall? Does Becky pin Charlotte? In which case, Ronda didn't technically lose the match, nor was she pinned, so she can still be, you know, B-A-M-F and have a chip on her shoulder. I mean, th- this this is all just setting up the four horsewomen of UFC versus the four horsewomen of uh, NXT. This, that, that's all this is. WrestleMania is an advertisement for the next WrestleMania, and that's what this setup is. This is where that story starts. Well... In that case, Ronda has to take the fall. And that over time, you rehabilitate the relationship between Becky and Charlotte um, and then point to the fact, and then their reunification add to that the fact that Ronda was beaten by them. She was beaten by Becky, but beaten by them. And to show what pro wrestling's four horsewomen were compared to Ronda's, you know. And let's not forget that earlier when we talked about TakeOver, I called for Shayna Baszler and Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir to get involved. I'm not going back on that. I think you see those three women get involved here. Sure, sure. It's, I mean, it's it's going to be great. I mean, it's it's got to be a spectacle. It's to showcase the immortals. And I, I just hope that uh, everyone delivers. So best of luck to everyone competing at WrestleMania, better luck to those that I've picked in our head-to-head. Head-to-head. But uh, you and I are uh, disagreeing on several matches, not only for NXT TakeOver, but also WrestleMania 4 at WrestleMania. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's that, folks. Uh, it's a long one, but it's WrestleMania weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We had a lot to cover here. Uh, are you going to watch WrestleMania TakeOver? Are you excited? You should be. I'm excited. Let us know. And there are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you wanna. The whole Ref and Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or as always, we are on Instagram and we're gonna have a lot of pictures uh, over this WrestleMania weekend, and we're gonna show some of what was, what is, and what may come to be uh, in terms of the world of wrestling. And uh, so find us on Instagram. Also, let me just say, uh, send us, if if you're at any of all these little indie shows, or if you're at the G1 Supercard, or hell, if you're at TakeOver or WrestleMania, send us pictures. Uh, We'll share your pictures. Send us some good pictures, uh, because that's what Instagram's all about, is, uh, is sharing pictures and images as memories. And these memories last a lifetime. They do last a lifetime, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we hope that you will listen to us for a lifetime, <laughs> which is a very long lifetime. Uh, enjoy the weekend. This is about the length of this episode. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, enjoy the weekend, folks. Lots of wrestling for you wrestling fans out there. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, we can't wait to see it all go down. And uh, next week, we're going to talk all about it. But until then, my name's going to be Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we're going to see it when we see you, folks. Enjoy WrestleMania weekend. We'll see you soon on the only wrestling podcast to call it right down the middle. 
the whole breakfast show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's call him Fall McMahon. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs>